Hi guys, Paul here with a cold open. You might notice that the sound is a little bit different. This is because we were not able to meet up in the studio as we would normally like to. This is because at the time of recording, we're still going through the 2020 COVID-19 virus pandemic. Rest assured, we're going to try to get things back to normal as soon as we can, as soon as it's safe to do so. But uh, and for the time being, thanks for bearing with us. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by my friends, co-humans, and nemeses. Joining me today is my co-human, Mufi. Hi! Hi, Mufi. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you very much, Babke. And how you doing? I'm okay, yeah. Uh, I am most excellent. Ah. Yeah, I see, I see it's rubbed off on you a little bit. Uh, yes. <laughs> This is, I'm trying to think of more of them, but my brain stops whenever I try to. It's it's, uh, most bodacious. It's most bodacious, indeed. We are watching William and Theodore's Uneventful Outing, the story of two pensioners who spend the day touring a historic landmark and having a lovely time. Oh, let's imagine them in the strollers. Strollers? (laughs) (laughs) old baby ted yes (laughs) (laughs) i'm mixing movies now old baby ted meets bill and ted Uh, just like in a in a pram chomping on a cigar oh yeah that's that's what all babies do isn't it of course especially when they're really really old babies yes welcome to bill and ted's excellent adventure yes i love this film Where we finally answer the eternal question of pop culture, what if but time travel? Yeah. What if but time travel? It's a good question. Mufi, what if but time travel? Things. So do you have some stuff to say in the intro, or shall we fade in right away? Uh, Oh, well, we're going to do the Patreon. Oh, yeah. We have one now. (laughs) We have one of those now. We have a Patreon. We do. And we, guys, we really need your support on there, because that's the way that the show is going to keep going. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work, and we want to make the best show we can for you. So you go to patreon.com slash one for Paul and help us out for as little as three pounds a month. It's like buying us a coffee or something, and I probably will spend it on coffee. That's probably what I'll do. Probably tea. All the tea. I see that's so an inf- that is an objectively inferior drink movie. <laughs> Leave my tea alone, damn it. I'm not leaving your tea. I mean, I also like tea, but it is inferior to coffee. You're not going to throw it in any harbors. Why would I do that? I always worry when people say it's inferior, they throw them in harbors. I mean, it's a giant cup of tea well, then. That was sort of like, a, I, th- I think the Americans got carried away and they thought, what if Just the it. ocean were a big ol' were a big ol a cup, cup of tea? Hell yeah. That's like the perfect size tea for me. That was their plan. <laughs> yeah. Make the ocean a cuppa and watch all of England jump into the sea. Yeah. And we would have, because we as a nation do love the tea. Fade in. Let's take it. To some awesome and super 80s music and a sort of blue thing opening up and allowing a sort of golden crystal thing, I guess, to float down... Onto some kind of, like, you know those uh, cheap disco places that have the light-up floors? Yeah. Reminded me of one of those. It does. I actually, that does This one is also reminiscent of a clock. 
Yes. I wonder why. Well, you know, you would never know, really. You just have to guess. It's almost like some sort of a time jaunt is about to occur. Ooh, them time jaunts. Also, I do like the design of the ceiling. Sorry? I do like the design of the ceiling. I like the design of this whole place. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? (laughs) I kind of want that ceiling. Yeah, less glitter. Maybe a little less. I would get old pretty Um, quick. Also, glitter everywhere. Oh my god, so much of it. It's the reason I call it craft herpes. It'd be like the 2010s (laughs) when everyone decided that they would put glitter everywhere and call it edgy. Uh, Oh no, don't do it. Also, George Carlin is in this. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm now really looking. I'm he's <laughs> wow. So yeah, we find ourselves here in the year 2688, and things are pretty great. The air is clean, the water's clean, even the dirt is clean. Yeah, and they also almost, have the uh, the best water park. So much best water park, and it almost wasn't so great because the two great ones need some time travel assistance. Okay. That just that goes against all the laws of time travel. Which ones? Well, if it's happened here, it it's created a a, a loop, like a it, a weird loop thing. Because like you're not if you go back in time, you're not meant to change things. That's the whole idea of time travel. It's what they say: is don't go back and change things because that one small thing could have a ridiculous effect in the future. And that's you know that's all that. But what they have actually done is literally <laughs> just completely go against that rule. If don't their, go back and change it. Their society is its own grandfather. Yeah. Like, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's very weird. But, you know, it works, and I love this movie, so obviously I don't so care I, I mean, I feel like we... The reason time travel doesn't make sense in fiction is because it sort of doesn't make sense anyway. Well, yeah, no. Theoretically, it's possible. But also, we could just be doing endgame rules. We could be doing endgame rules. True. A yeah. full, like, 30 and years before rules. endgame. Yeah. <laughs> just just a few years. They probably back. went back in time and were like, hang on. That's an here. idea. So here they are in the, in the now time, recording video on a camcorder and playing uh, music. Very badly. Music, yeah. I think, through uh, a popular brand, Amp. Which promptly explodes, filling the garage with smoke. I I hate to see an amp so badly treated, but... Uh, Yeah, if I had to guess, they burned out the emitter resistors on the output stage. This is what happens when you have a sound tech watching things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, what what actually definitely happened is uh, the the effects department threw a smoke bomb in there. But, like, if your amp is spewing smoke, then the emitter resistors are my guess. Uh, which means Bill is wrong. It's not that they put too much power through it. It's likely that the speaker cable shorted either across the amp terminals or the speaker terminals. But uh, I'm getting the impression that Ted isn't exactly a, a technician. <laughs> the smartest dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Keanu Reeves, so... Yes, Rianu Keeves himself. <laughs> The most excellent of dudes. The most excellent, uh, the most breathtaking of men. Oh, God, he really is. Bill is of the opinion that they need Eddie Van Halen on guitar for their band to ever be successful. He's not wrong. He's not in any other bands, right? You just call up Eddie? No. No, no. You could try, but I'm not sure Eddie's going to give us a straight answer. 
So because they have no triumphant video to attract said Halen, also because they don't know how to play their instruments, they're in a bit of a catch-22, which they are most pleased about for some reason. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, the, this really does cement the fact that they are not the smartest of dudes, but it's adorable. In another so. way, it's quite endearing because they're like, we kind of understand the difficulty we're in, but I guess let's just keep going because we got a dream yeah. and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna plow through it. And that is how you survive through adversity. It's also how a it. lot of real smart people end up not being very good entrepreneurs because they sort of look at all the roadblocks and go, well, that's too many of those. Yeah, rather than that's a lot of roadblocks. But how can we get past? Yeah, or, you know, some of the best entrepreneurs are people who just didn't understand what the risks were and just did it anyway. And then later were told about them and went, oh, shit, I'm glad that worked then. Yeah. So, you know. It's sometimes being stupid works. Eh, I don't think uninformed and stupid are the same thing, because we will discover that these guys are actually quite, they're quite yeah, clever dudes. They're just. <sighs> they're, uh, they... so cut to class where, <laughs> where, uh, they're late for school, I think. Uh, and the teacher is waiting for Bill to answer a question. Bill thinks, Bill Heath believes that Napoleon was a short, dead dude, and Jeanne d'Arc was, according to Ted, Noah's wife. <laughs> Which, I, you know, if you don't know anything else, it kind of makes sense. You know I what? Guess. I like his lateral thinking in a lot of ways. Yeah. Who's Joan of Arc? I, I'm going to call her Jeanne d'Arc because, like, that is who she is, and I speak French, French, and way. I'm, I'm yes. taking that as my heritage, thanks. I'm, I'm letting you do it. I'll probably just call her Joan. Uh, by all means, please, please. <laughs> I mean, we're on first name basis. Technically, so. the the name is closer to Jean. Jeanne. Do you know what my Jean? Uh, my grandmother was Jean. So. I guess Joan would also like English is weird for that because sometimes you'll be like, "Hey, I like that French name. Let's mispronounce it and name my kid it." Yeah. And then it's just someone's name, so you're like, "Well, it's not wrong. It's their name." Yeah. It it's weird. The English language is a, a strange, strange place. Yeah, if you're looking for consistency in English, oh boy, who do I have bad news Don't. for you? <laughs> Bill and it. Bill's esteemed colleague, Ted, thank their teacher for teaching them so much, like the world's great history and uh, uh, stuff. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks to great leaders like Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, and uh, Socratic Method. The world is full of history. You remember that great guy, Socratic Method? Oh, God. He was a really so fun DJ. So great. So great. <sighs> <laughs> so the teacher remains unimpressed for some reason. I'm not sure why. I could not have guessed why. They need an A-plus on their oral assignment tomorrow, or they fail the course entirely. And we don't want that. You don't want them failing. No, failing would be it's my it's their least favorite thing. Yeah. Like failing is bad. Failing, failing is my least favorite thing, so I can only imagine how it would be for them. It is most it trepidatious. I love the way they say things. It's movie. so good. So we should note that the we're expecting anybody listening to this episode who have already seen the film 
And I haven't written I down have. a whole lot of the specific ones because it just sort of, be- it, to me, it, it stopped being noteworthy because it's just the way they talk. Yeah. And it was, it's very well written for being the way they talk because they're kind of like surfer dudes, but rock surfer dudes. I guess, I guess they're just Californian in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, that is very stereotypical, but also very true. I don't know how true it is. I've never been well, I a guess teenager. I, sorry, in the, I mean, movie true. I guess it's movie true. I don't know how true it is because I've never been a 1980s California teen. So, No, neither have I, strangely. Uh, so. But we should get in the time machine. Oh, that time machine. I would love that time machine. Not going to lie. <laughs> There's so much stuff I'd go back and do right. So here's the assignment that they need to do. Express to the class how an important historical figure from each of your time periods would view the world of San Dimas in 1988. Also, that name, I I spent half this movie, I I never remember that it's San Dimas. Like, my brain just goes, San Jose. Is that a place? Um, I don't know. Hold on, I'll do Google. Do a Google and see if San Dimas San... is a real place. And if it's not, or if it is, what is Edimas in Spanish? San Dimas. It is a city in California, and it's huh. also San Dimas. It, saint Dimas is a, a, a saint. Oh, it's like Hence, a legitimate saint, saint yeah. called Dimas. Yes. Cool. That's a Quite People cool. used to have such cool names. Yeah, now they don't. They are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, also, most heinously. <laughs> just love adding most to anything. They are in danger of flunking theme. most heinously tomorrow. And uh, can I also just point out that Bill's fashion taste is fantastic. That little kind of crop top, it's beautiful. I like it. It looks like he took an XXXL shirt and just cut half of the shirt off. Yeah. Until it was like, a, the best way I can describe it is a loose-fitting anime tank top. Yes, that is exactly what it is. He's it's wearing a fitting anime. Tank he's top. wearing a one piece. Yes, which is or funny because a... like both things. <laughs> so Bill's stepmom uh, offers to give them a ride. Uh, she is sorry, Missy. Uh, yeah, no, Missy. Yeah, but actually, Bill's stepmom. <laughs> yeah, and she's like three years older than them. Yeah. Which is and went to the same high school as them, and they knew her. Yeah, like she was a senior when they were freshmen, so that's three years. That's that's just weird. Although I suppose that sort of shit does happen, I guess. Uh, it, well, happen or not, that is profoundly creepy. Yeah. Well, not meant he met her when she not was a so much. And... So far, it's not just the the relationship thing that's creepy. It's the fact that she's like insisting that this person who's like three years younger than her calls her mom. Yeah, I, that does creep me out just as much. Because the exact line is Bill goes, "Oh, hey, Missy. Uh, I mean, Mom. Sorry." Yeah. Well, of course, it's perfectly normal to demand that your stepchild calls you mom. Uh, I mean, it, totally. yeah, of course. That's totally. so. So, cut to Ted's house where his dad can't find his keys. I'm sure they'll Ever. turn up sometime. Yeah, eh? I, the, the dad in this, I can't eh? place him from something. I know. Me neither. I, I, I'm sure, like people are actors and acting stuff. This was what I'm learning about pop culture. 
Yeah. I'm also it would be the Saint George College. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> learning that when I recognize an actor when I'm watching uh, a, a film or a TV with somebody, that uh, what I'm not supposed to do when I recognize them is yell, "I recognize them from that other thing that they were in." Yeah, because that doesn't help, especially if you're doing it in a cinema. Oh, I've never do done it in a cinema, this. but I have definitely pissed off uh, co-viewers in in my place <laughs> by doing that. Oh God! I'm learning See, all kinds. Except- I'm learning all kinds of things about pop culture. I just call, I then, if I see someone in a movie that is someone who's played something else and something else that I know, I will always call them by the name of the character from the other movie. Oh, yeah. Which is stupid, but funny. <laughs> it Yeah, that would be. So Ted, uh, he, he he talks to his dad briefly, who is home in the middle of the day for some reason, looking for his keys, I guess. So if Ted fails history, yeah. he flunks out of school. And if he flunks out of school... He'll have to go to Oates Military Academy. Uh, yes, because that's the threat that you give every teenage boy. Military school, at least in America, anyway. I guess. Uh, I mean, first of all, I've known people who've gone to military schools and evidently really good. A lot of them yeah. are, you know, they're good schools. Maybe some of them are less. I, I don't know that. But the people I've known who've gone to them are, were like, yeah, actually, I really enjoyed that, you know. It ended up being like our sport was marching, right? Like that was, if you got out of line, someone would yell at you rather than politely bring you into the principal's office. But otherwise, you know. Yeah, I mean, that that creeps me out slightly, but I guess, you know, depends on where you want to go with life. And if you are planning on going into the army, maybe military school is not a bad thing. Yeah, I guess culturally in Europe generally we would have real pro- – like because in the UK I guess you have cadets. Like that would be the closest yeah. thing you could think of except that's like optional. It's not like a real core part of your schooling. It's an extracurricular. No, it's not a requirement. I never did it. Yeah, so this this would be close I guess to um, – because we don't really have military schools in Canada either because we sort of figure we'll – you know, in university, we can sign you up and pay for your university in exchange for a number yeah. of years of service, for example. Like, that's that's a thing you can do. But, like, high school? Which is kind of nah. No, high school seems a little bit early to be uh, uh, recruiting kids, I feel. Me too, but I guess we've just but- run into a cultural thing because the Americans like to do things a bit differently. The Americans are just different, to be honest. Frequently, yes. So uh, this military school for Ted, he he believes this would be most unfortunate. I have to agree. Did did I do it right? Have I said a teen? It would be most unfortunate. Have I have I teen like spoke? Dude, bro. Is it how the teens? Sp- Is this how the I kids talk know. nowadays? By which I mean the nineteen eighties. <laughs> we go back in time. It's fine. Oh, yeah, that movie we're watching. So, wait, if he goes to military school, that means no more band. Yeah, which is going to end badly. We, get we a must little, have band. We must have band. Get a little scene of George Carlin, uh, who is instructed to travel back in time <laughs> to help Bill and Ted ace their assignment. Which, again, you're tampering. And I like I love the fact that they've incorporated the fact that Bill and Ted are so central to their society because they have like this formal um they they say be excellent to each other. I think that's a, a fantastic mantra for anybody these days, personally. 
be excellent to each other. Party on, dude. Thank you. That's all I needed. The worst accent ever, but hey. It's pretty bad. I, I, look, I never said I was a good voice actor. I said that. I said you're great. I can be adorable, but that's about it. This feels like some sort of evocation of like, um, what was that church thing? Like, peace be with you and also with you. It's It seems to me uh, like yeah. that. Uh, made, which has made its way into popular culture with May the Fourth be with you and also with you. I guess that's also true. It's this sort of, I guess, call that an evocation or something. Yeah, it's call and response, essentially. There, I think there's a proper name for it, but like, I haven't been in Well, anyway, uh, be excellent to each other. Party on, dude, is such an evocation now. And I love that. Oh, yeah. And I, I still think that party, uh, be excellent to each other is a fantastic idea for the world. Uh, the whole time this is happening, uh, all of this is happening to Van Halen-esque songs, I guess, which is kind of... Kind of. I like the music in this so far. Yeah, the music in this is pretty damn good. <laughs> so let's catch up with how our heroes are doing in their pursuit of academic excellence. <sighs> they, uh, love That room just screams 80s. So, so painfully 80s. Yeah, that they were definitely the set designers were going. I don't know, teenagers. What do teenagers like? Yeah. Are you a teenager? It was a guess, and take out you there, California teen. Come here and decorate this room. Oh, I, that just oh, it does concern me slightly. Like I don't like that decoration. It feels a little bit too uh, stereotypical for my liking. Some of it definitely is like let's put in things that are approachable for teens. Yeah. But just watching it back as an adult, you're like, oh, God. Which parts were you cringing at? Just the signs all over the walls. Oh, like the posters? Yeah. Well, there was also a sign behind his head, I believe. Oh, yeah. Like there was a random warning sign or something. Yeah. So uh, George Washington. He's got like a a neon thing. Sorry, go ahead. He's got like a neon sign on the back of the wall. I didn't notice that. Uh, it's, It's in there. So uh, what do they know about history? How about George Washington, who had wooden teeth and dollar bill guy? Yeah. That's, that's facts. Is, this is true. This is, they are facts. They are the truth. I don't think he had wooden teeth. Oh. He definitely had a lot of problems with his teeth. And yeah. I think he had like dentures made. But he was a rich had, dude. So like he... They weren't... He had like porcelain teeth. He had the teeth of slaves. Oh, that's right. They did. Tusk. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only know this because when I was doing tidbits, we had a uh, "What the Facts" episode, and that was one of the facts: is his teeth were walrus teeth. Well, where else are you going to get teeth? Walruses and slaves. Yeah, I mean, obviously. If you have a different place to get teeth, well, I don't know about it. Could you do, mind telling us about it? Because I'd like to know. I need. Uh, God damn. He doesn't need new teeth. The back then stuff is very. There was some gruesome shit. Mean, walrus, I'm less yeah. whatever by because that's ivory and you know, it's bone. So you replace bone with yeah. bone. I get that. You're literally replacing a tooth with a tooth. And I also yeah. like that is the epitome of like what these people are things. Their bodies are a commodity. Yeah. Ugh. It's weird. Unbelievably like, gross. But, you know, it, it was the normal thing in those days. So uh, I guess, yeah. So it looks like they need more facts. Like, yes. remember that popular brand theme park? 
in the Hall of Presidents. You remember what they said? Oh, yeah. No. Welcome to the Hall of Presidents. That's what they said. <laughs> I I absolutely get how Ted thinks, and I love this line oh, yeah. so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, here. Uh, here's Missy with snacks. I mean, Bill's mom with snacks. Who is like, again, let's remind ourselves, like 21 or something, if these guys are 17. And the subject uh, of the, and she is also the subject of the aroused ogling of Ted and the confused ogling of Bill as the camera looks straight down her sweater. Yeah. Hey. I mean, that has to be somewhere in the movie, I guess. It's like panty shots. (laughs) I mean, I guess this one is straight up. Uh, this one, I think, Ridiculous. means to communicate the the sort of gaze of your tip of your teenagers here. It's their perspective. Yeah, like that they are teenage boys looking at an attractive woman, and you know, with respect, if a one attractive woman leant over in front of me with a low cleavage, my eyes would probably go, "Oh, tits." Okay, carry on. There's also a fun little study I saw about gaze tracking when they were doing gaze tracking, and they. Anytime they had men on these things looking at animals or something, every single Mm. man, no matter what it was, would look at the face, look at the genitals, then look back at the face. It's it's very strange. We do it with dogs. We do this with horses. We do this with snails. If we're looking at something we haven't seen for a minute, we're going to look at the face, look at where we think the genitals might be, and then look at the face. And nobody knows why. It's just a thing we do as a human race. It's literally like... I. Without meaning the the philosophical side is the male gaze, right? I yeah. mean, literally, this is what men look at. For like, I've tracked myself doing it, and I'm like, why did I look at that dog's bollocks? I didn't want to look at those. I wanted to look at no. the dog, but it has yeah. <laughs> why did I do that? And I I can't help it. It's a reflex. It is really strange, but it's the thing we do. So I, it's- particularly teenagers, to their credit, they just sort of look and go like, thanks for the thanks for the snack, thank you. Like, they're uncomfortable about it. It's a perfectly natural thing to do, sadly. And humans, that's that's the way humans do, especially if you're, uh, yeah. Hormonal. Especially if you're a teenager. I feel like that's the main thing about teenagers. Yeah, is they cleavage. So Bill's dad arrives to ask if everything is okay, but, um, but, uh, but Missy... Uh, you buy, you boys run along now. Never mind your problems. I've got some business to get to. Missy, Never fetch my business socks so we can conduct business in our son's room. Just, that that just weirds me out. Like, your son's room? You've just kicked him out. He knows what's going to happen. You, I mean, he really. gave him a look, or like to camera. He gave camera a look, like. <laughs> yeah. Like yes, this is this despite is the fact that his what? son is in danger of flunking most egregiously. Yeah, and that just gets me. Like you, your son's gonna flunk, but no, let's just boink on my son's bed. Yeah, that's not a male <laughs> thing. That's a this guy thing. Yeah, this guy's this guy got, is... not got his priorities straight. Yeah, like that one will wait twenty nervous. minutes. But the other one, no. the other one, you need to help. He's it, he's clearly not a very caring. Father, Except, really. of course, he gives them a bunch of money to go for dinner. Uh, you know, so they they do go to dinner, funded by Bill's dad's horn doglin. I wouldn't say that was a 
kind I, w- I would say that's just the way this man clearly deals with things maybe at least in this kind of circumstance yeah and this circumstance definitely but like why would you do it uh it's characterized him as a bit of an uncaring father if i'm honest and i'm not comfortable with that and i don't like it but they have decided to grab a bite to eat on the sidewalk outside convenience store brand convenience store I love convenience store brand convenience store. It makes yeah. me happy. Side note: Do you do you understand like the centrality of the convenience store to small town North American life? Is it because it's like the place that you get all the stuff that you need? Like you, yes you can and get no. everything from there. It reminds me a lot of small town Canada because like there's nowhere else to go but the convenience store. So you end up hanging out in the convenience store because you're bored and there's nothing else to do. So it's kind of like the local recreation ground for. England then like you've been in the small area you hang out outside the off license or you go down to the little wreck area it's exactly out outside there. the off license yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I wonder where it first came from convenience I'd stores be interested to know that no I mean like when it was brought into movies oh, like the first the first convenience store yeah. to feature in a film yeah I don't know that'd be interesting to know yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess we might never have an answer to where convenience stores and pop culture came from first in pop culture content. But here they consult such scholarly sources as Lady in Car over there and that other lady who just works here. That just makes me laugh. She's like, I don't know. I just work here. Okay. Do you know when the Mongols ruled China? No. Having exhausted well, this, this uh, otherwise rich source of information, they decide yeah. to try the other convenience store. Yeah, because, you know, someone else might... Sit the... They were outside the Circle Mart and the other one, I can't remember which one they were going to. Yeah, it's important for a nowhere town to have two convenience stores. Because, you know, why, why else would you... I don't know. I mean, the weird thing is, is that looks like a pretty large town. In in response to a lot of things. I guess, yeah. I don't know how big San Dimas is, to be fair, but I'm definitely recognizing small town tropes like hang out outside convenience store because what the hell else is there to do? Yeah. So, so like you just go sit outside. But suddenly the skies open and here's George Carlin himself in a phone booth, Yay! which Bill and Ted pronounce not bad. Yep. It's definitely not bad. I like that phone booth. I want one as... Just a, just in your house. Yeah, just for reasons. We could make that happen. I know. We have the that technology. Be quite fun. We can rebuild it. So, <laughs> <laughs> good evening, my excellent friends. Do you know when the Mongols one. ruled China? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they are nothing the if not consistent. Hello. That is the best hello. That's the, the next time I the next time I run into someone. That's the way I'm going to say hello. Yeah, which is weird, but works. <laughs> if somebody answers you, I will be impressed. So then Bill and Ted show up in a time machine and tell Bill and Ted that they're going to go on a most excellent adventure through history. Bill and Ted don't believe Bill and Ted, but they don't blame them because they didn't believe them either way when they were them and they said <laughs> that they were... Oh, and they said what they were saying right now. Mufi, f- ah, I had that written down and I still couldn't parse it as I was reading it. The thing is, is this film is it breaks so many of the rules of general time travel because they should not have just spoken to themselves. Um, and it just it's just so funny. 
Let me try that again, because the situation is important to understand. So Bill and Ted don't believe Bill and Ted, but they don't blame them for not believing them, because they didn't believe them either when they were them, and they said that when they were saying that right now. Oh, God. (laughs) My brain just broke again. My brain exploded. So... Uh, better make sure this isn't some kind of shenanigans though Mufi, if you're really me what number am I thinking of right now 69 dude oh shit you're right well I have no further (laughs) questions I'm convinced now I mean frankly A that is the number I'd probably be thinking of and B like I wouldn't question it if they actually knew that was the number I was thinking of so I feel like looking at a person who appears to be identical to me in every conceivable way, that would on its own be fairly convincing. Nah. Nah? Mirrors. 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 You're suggesting that I can't tell what a mirror is? No, I'm I'm suggesting that, like, mirrors exist. Oh, I suppose that's right. Could be, like, yeah, but they're like, to be me. Yeah, but they're like mirror me. They're not real me, I think. How do you know that you're not the mirror? How do I, I, I could be the mirror, you're right. That seems like an equally valid proposition. What can I say? My brain goes to weird places sometimes. So I think we can all agree that, uh, oh wait, Ted, Ted, uh, don't forget to wind your watch. Also, that was pretty bodacious. Oh yeah. I just love that word, bodacious. (laughs) We need to bring it back. Yeah. Bodacious is not used enough in common in in current language okay everyone into the time machine let's get the plot going hurry now this umbrella isn't going to deploy itself like there it's clearly just an umbrella what with uh, the cloth taken off on top of the yeah phone booth there. that's exactly what it is it's like they haven't even tried and i love it it's no. exactly what this mo- it's the, exactly this movie's aesthetic yeah it's just kind of what the fuck I'm amazed there isn't more stuff covered in tinfoil, frankly, but... Tinfoil is one of the triumvirate of MacGyverisms. It's also like the one thing that you use to show something's from the future is just cover it in tinfoil. Oh yeah, just cover it in reflective surfaces. Yeah. Make it shiny. Cover it in mirrors. Yeah. So after a transition through some 80s CG pipe-looking things, they're... those pipes. (laughs) These are history pipes, you see. They're made of history. That's they are there for historical purposes. Yeah, they connect history to other history. We we haven't quite worked out why that's a necessary a necessary thing, but you know we we figured we'd just put them there and leave them there for the minute. Make sure not to fall out, or you'll be history oh. too. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense because you'll end up in history. And in a master stroke of hand waving timey wimey nonsense, uh, this all works by modern technology. <laughs> Yes. Bill and Ted immediately accept this. Look, if George Carlin turned up with a phone box that had an umbrella on the top of it, told me it was a time travel machine, took me through history tubes, and then said, it's all thanks to modern technology, I'd be like, yeah, cool, all right. You seem to know what you're talking about, Zitter. He could get away with it. So they show up in Austria, 1805. The French have just invaded. Oh, the French. Looks like they're pretty near to Napoleon's camp, though. Uh, And again, I'm going to, anytime there's French, I'm just going to see if I can't figure out what they say. Because, uh, oh boy, do these guys not speak French. 
So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the soldiers tell Napoleon, excuse me, general, but uh, like you need to see this or there's something over there sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, also this actor playing like the extras speak better French than Napoleon. Let's that's what I'm getting at here. Because yeah, they uh, really do. what he says is Fele sauter au which is which is wrong in a couple of ways. Uh, like if he's if he had said Fele sauter en l'air, that means uh, like blow them up into the air. Mm, no, but like what if is- you just wanted to say blow them up, it's Fele sauter. Yeah, which uh, literally means make them jump. <laughs> Yeah, fele sauter is make them jump, and it is the legitimate way to say explode in French. You can also say exploser because we took the word from English, but uh, fele sauter, yeah. which makes at least as much sense as blow up when you think about it. Yeah. Right? That's quite funny. I didn't realize that. Uh, you know, you learn it's, something new every day. It's one of my favorite little French things. So, uh, uh-oh, Napoleon <laughs> has been blown up himself and falls into the hole created by the time machine as it leaves. Because you see, the time machine creates a hole as it leaves, I guess. Apparently. I'm not sure how, but it does. <laughs> one frightened I mean... cat later, and they're back at Ted's house, and Napoleon is dangling from a nearby tree. And then George Carlin leaves. Uh, yeah, the quest giver has informed them that they must re- finish their report and keep their time running in San Dimas on uh, on the watch there, meaning that they don't have much time to get things done because the time no. in this the way this works is time in the present just keeps moving forward at the same rate. So an hour that they spend in the past elapses one hour in the present. So it's which is an interesting concept. Uh, well, it certainly. Unlike a lot of other time travel movies, it actually puts time pressure on them. Because when you think about like, oh no, we have to get back. Normally you have to contrive a reason like the time machine has run out of fuel. Or, oh no, we might, you know, what, uh, something Gizmo has done something. and Or we've killed a butterfly. We must make sure that nothing has changed. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I stepped on that blade of grass over there. Therefore, Napoleon never existed. <sighs> All right. Like, I-, I get it. But at the same time, come on, guys. Yeah, but this one sort of builds in the, you know, they don't have an infinite amount of time. They can't just keep going back to before and uh, having infinite goes at it. But I guess they uh, will get to how that works in a bit. But it does. I, I found this clever uh, as a bit of yeah. write, like writing convenience. Which explains the uh, the watch winding. It does. I, it, I guess what I mean to say is if you have time travel in your plot then it's very difficult to introduce time pressure to your characters, right? Yeah. It, it, oh, no, it, it really is. But it works. This They did it well. It's, I've never seen it since. Yeah, the writers are clever. They really are. So uh, Rufus has given them their quest, and so uh, Rufus leaves with the time machine, then sends them a new one or the same one. It's unclear. I mean, there, there could be many times. They have a time machine now. This is all we need. Napoleon the time falls out of the tree. Yep, because that's what happens when Buddy's hanging out the tree. Uh, he doesn't... Apparently, being in the time stream makes you unconscious. Uh, or maybe he was just, like, super stressed out. Maybe. I mean, there is that. I would be if I ended up flying, flying free through a time stream. That must take a lot out of you. Yeah. So, uh, Bill and Ted conceive of a most excellent idea. Let's kidnap a bunch of famous history dudes and bring them here so that they can do the report for us. 
That's that's perfect. I would do that if you could. I think that would be very clever. So first of it all, would, I, I don't well, care of like what the actual assignment is. You literally have the Napoleon fucking Bonaparte right there. Yeah. You don't think that's enough to pass a high school history exam? It's never enough to pass a high school history exam because high school history exams are notoriously harder than master's history. Wait, really? <laughs> Fuck knows. I've never done master's in history. So also... Uh, I'm tired as fuck of people saying Napoleon was short, right? He wasn't. He was like, he, was... he this was 19th century British propaganda, right? Yeah. Which, you know, understandably you're at war with the guy. I get it. But like, he was average height by the standards of the day. He was like one, uh, a meter 65, something like that. Right. I thought he was, yeah. Cause it's what, about five foot six? Uh, five foot five ish. Yeah. So he's my, yeah, he's, he's he my was... height. He's my height. He was about my height. I'm like, a little bit taller. I am a little bit taller than Napoleon, right? Smidge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and like my by modern standards, I'm a little shorter than average, right? Yeah, but by like if you went back then, you'd be like a giant to a lot of them. Uh, no, that he was. Uh, he was a little shorter than average, right? Was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The French were well fed average, by yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I was wrong. No, yeah, he he was uh, very. He was in that sort of uh, within within a couple of centimeters of of uh, normal of like or not normal oh. but average. Excuse me, I didn't mean to imply that anybody's height is not normal. Of course it is, but um, so but yeah, I, I'm tired of this because like it's a lazy trope. It's not true. It it gives way for people being assholes about people's height. Yeah. Yeah. This whole sort of like, oh, yeah, it's Napoleon, short man syndrome. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you? I like to think of myself as reasonably chill. You've told me I'm pretty chill. Yeah, you are pretty chill. So I I'm also short, so that's okay. So their plan. Well, you put up with me not being very organized. So. Sorry? You put up with me not being very well organized. So. <laughs> oh, nobody I know is very well organized, especially me. So their plan is to keep Napoleon Bonaparte captive. Yes. Confirmed these guys 100% do not know history. Because, <laughs> holy shit, yeah. that's not a plan. This man could not be held by any prison. Yeah, no, he was notoriously hard at he, keeping he him escaped, in one place, he? he escaped from, like, several prisons over his life. Like, heavily guarded prisons. Over and over he would escape from these things. So, therefore, you there, young boy... Guard this unfathomably cunning general and emperor of France. Yeah. That just, that's the thing, like, how did, I mean, to complete side note, how did he do that? Like, did he have a time machine? Uh, the kid, you mean? No, Napoleon. I mean, if he did, he it wouldn't surprise machine. me. It wouldn't surprise me. The no, guy was like, this is the this is the part where I'm fully expecting a bunch of people educated in the UK to be saying, well, actually, Napoleon was not a... And okay, fine, like, you ended up beating him once, and that was an important thing, but it wasn't you, it was all of Europe at once, right? Yeah. <laughs> it it took all of Europe all at once to beat this asshole, right? And, I, you know, I'm not suggesting he was good, just that, like, you know, he was militarily successful and not, su you know, mm. the reason this was a big old victory that you put statues up for is because it was a, it was a big victory, right? You don't win a yeah. big victory against somebody who's easy to beat. And that is just, yeah, that's great. I, I've but, just gone yes, off far too child. long. I'm yeah. just very annoyed. We've both gone on peace. Yeah, I'm annoyed about it. Anyway, so 
As they leave, uh, as they leave, Ted's father wants a word with him, but Bill distracts the father by pretending to be Deputy Van Halen. Because Van Halen is a thing that just appears a lot in this film. Yeah, they like Van Halen. What Ted playing? What if they uh, paid Van Halen royalties? Uh, well, none of the music is Van Halen, and you can say someone's name. I'm pretty sure. I suppose, maybe. I'm pretty sure I could say someone's name without affecting anything. It's not like they were selling it as like now featuring Van Halen, right? This is a good point. So, uh, New Mexico, 1879. The phone box lands next to an outhouse while some dude is taking a poop featuring some uh, very... Oh boy, were the Foley artists having fun that day. Yeah, they really were. And I can't blame them for it. I mean, have you seen the work Foley artists do? <laughs> it's amazing. I, I ha- yes, I've done a bunch of Foley art. It's really... It's quite the thing. And it's getting less common now with uh, sa- recorded sound libraries and whatnot. Because libraries are yeah. very good. But... This is true. I, I don't know. I just like the the foley. Foley has a presence to it that I still think can be really helpful to establishing the mood of a film. And of course, you get like your own custom sound effects that you paid for, so you don't have to pay anybody for licensing for a library. Well, it or anything. Is, yeah. So it can still make sense. And foley artists are still amazing, excellent, awesome people. And the kind of lateral thinking you need to do that job is just so good. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, act natural. Yeah, fair enough. Howdy, partner. <laughs> and a guy just goes, howdy. <laughs> Which, all right. Well, you know, that's natural, I guess. I'm not entirely sure if it's accurate. Hey, Mufi, but... are you thirsty? Ha, ah, parched. Better get us some beer brand beers in this saloon brand saloon. I love some beer brand beers. I especially love saloon bland, brand saloons. Bland? Saloon really? bland saloon? Hi, welcome to the bland, bland saloon. saloon. We, it was exciting a week ago, but no, not anymore. Our customers prefer really uneventful shit happening here. Can't blame them. Really. Nothing ever <laughs> happens in this saloon. Not ever. Although now we've said this, possibly something will happen. We do not know. Hey, listen, buddy. If you're going to cause events to occur here, you better go down the uh, down the street to the other saloon, Eventful Saloon. It is most eventful. <laughs> most eventful. So first on the kidnap list is Billy the Kid. Yep, I kind of get it, I guess. Except I don't. Sound, but I do. Sounds I good, Mister the Kid. So he wants to cheat at cards, and he recruits uh, Bill and Ted to help him cheat at cards. Bill and Ted, uh, I don't. Do they know how to play poker? I don't think so. Somehow, <laughs> yeah. I mean, is, is poker a thing that everyone knows how to play? It's a real popular game. I've. It's not really my kind of game. Uh, to me, it feels like there's a there's a wall of math in the way before. Yeah before you get to play the bluffing game and there's a lot of really good bluffing games out there so but it's a it's a good I, game i think yeah i i don't really play it <laughs> yeah it, it, it's the fact that everybody always says it, you have to play it while gambling in order for it to be fun and i just think like well then it's not a fun game if you have to yeah. you know what i mean 
If you have to do something else with it, then it's not. And that's fun not even like I've even said. Could you play it with chips? Like just not not put money down, but play it with one of those sets of chips. And they're like, ah, yeah, but it's much yeah. more fun with uh, with money involved. And I say, well, first of all, I find that supremely unfun, right? I get the yeah. opposite of the gambler's high. I get the gambler's oh shit, no, no, don't take my money. I don't want to give. I don't. Why do I have to spend money? I already bought all these chips for us to play with, guys. Yeah, I don't get the need to uh, to bet, but that's just me. Maybe back then they didn't have a gaming PC, and I do. They didn't have Minecraft. No, this is true. They didn't have Minecraft. It's only a recent thing. Those poor guys, they didn't even have Minecraft. So let's uh, kidnap Billy the Kid, who uh, I didn't I didn't actually know who Billy the Kid was, so I looked him up on Wikipedia. It seems like he was either a famous um, hero, like a folk hero fighting against a corrupt and murderous government, or he was himself a mass murderer. Yep, it's one or the other. Uh, I'm not sure anybody no, really Knowing history is probably a little from both columns. Yeah. But uh, it, it, yeah. I might read a bit more about him afterwards. You see, Bill and Ted's done some good in the world. I didn't know about this guy. Yeah. And now now I know who a historical figure was. Which is always helpful, I find, when you need to know random information for people and to confuse the crap out. That's facts and stuff. Yeah. Did you know Billy the Kid did this? Ah, what? Neither Bill nor Ted has a great poker face. No. Or understands how <laughs> poker is played. I haven't got a good poker face, and their poker faces are worse than mine. Well, Bill's poker face uh, results in him announcing, oh, hey, cool, I got three aces. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, he That's... doesn't. Which is a, a great attempt at a bluff, but also a great fail. Uh, so the because... rest of the table is not impressed. No, I wouldn't be. Would you be impressed? No, not terribly, if I thought somebody were trying to cheat me out of money. Yeah. Just gotta gotta understand where they're coming from. And as a bar, a bar fight ensues, uh, Bill and Ted need to, somehow, need to somehow talk their way out of this by offering the men free tickets to Waterloo's, the best water slide place in San Dimas, which I guess they're, uh... I guess they don't want to. I guess they don't want to do that. I guess they're not fans of water slides. He's not a fan of water slides. Water slides are amazing. Well, these guys, I guess, are not because instead of accepting the generous offer of free tickets to this water park, uh, they get uh, they slam Bill and Heads Ted's Bill and Ted's Ted's Bill and Heads Ted's. Yes. Oh my God, Bill and Heads. <laughs> Murphy, help. <laughs> Bill and Ted's heads. Thank you. They <laughs> slam the Bill and Ted's heads through the wall uh, where some uh, prostitutes are changing. And as Bill, uh, as Billy the Kid pulls them free, Ted puts his head back through the hole. <laughs> Which... Yep, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Just, I mean, of course. It's again, it's teenage boy. Oh, look, boobies. Yeah. So it's yeah. Forget even teenage boys. Listen, men were. I I think men were not that hard to please, right? No, really not. <laughs> so I mean, to be honest, most women aren't that hard to please either. So I think everyone likes boobs. If I'm honest, yeah, everyone likes tits. It's like a universal like. Yeah. 
can't not like tits. Mm. So they finally escape by the power of uh, hat pulling down over face and wedgie. Because, you know, typical standard America high school tactics work in the Wild West. I figure that was like a Three Stooges, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. It's like a callback to Three Stooges stuff. And as they leave, they say, I can't believe they fell for that. (laughs) Me neither, Bill. Me neither. I can't believe anybody in this movie fell for anything that they did, but apparently. Uh, So they escape to the time machine where they escape just in the nick of time. Thank you. Step three. Uh, stop three. Stop three. Ancient Athens. As they look up to Socrates uh, in their encyclopedia. Uh, I love Socrates. I'm Socrates sorry. It just so makes good. me giggle. Oh, yeah. It's Socrates. Oh, you, you need to look him up under Socrates. You know his name. <sighs> yeah. So I. This part here is where I'm first noticing how Keanu Reeves is moving as Ted. Yeah, uh, you know how birds sort of will move their head randomly quickly in a direction and then stop there for a sec and then yeah. move. They're like quick little sudden motions that stop stock still and then move again quite quickly. This is yes. what Ted reminds me of a lot of ways. He's a little bit bird-like. I have a little say. bit? Like there is... But it doesn't read yeah. as awkward. It just sort of reads as... I don't know how it reads. It it's a weird movement pattern that somehow is familiar. Yeah. I think it's it makes him a lot more um likable. I mean, he's just a very likable character anyway. Like frankly, I I've I've never known anybody who doesn't like Ted. Bill, Bill, Ted, Ted. Um but it does make him slightly more likable cuz it kind of makes him slightly more I suppose it's slightly vulnerable and like more delicate, I guess. I guess uh in general, the way he moves is quite relaxed, which I guess is, again, the stereotypical sort of California surfer dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he... Exactly. Yeah, it, he's got that walk. He's got the gait where, like, yeah, all right. You know, moves his shoulders a lot, moves his head a lot. Yeah. And it's quite endearing in a way. It just sort of reads as, that's a weird way to move, but that's just Ted, right? Yeah, which is, is it's just how his character is. I'm I'm really looking forward to... By that standard, I guess Bill is also, his movements are a lot more subtle, but still read in that way, don't they? Yeah, Bill's, because I think it's, I don't know, it kind of, he, he, weirdly, Bill kind of uh, strikes me as the slightly more uh, confident of the pair. Yeah, just slightly, not by much. Yeah, because his head thing is like, he'll just sort of move his head angled a bit to the side. Yeah, he'll sort of tilt his head over and go like, "Oh, right." Kind of like a dog when it's looking at you, and you're like, "You don't Mm. understand me, do you?" I wonder what the yeah, it's like the Ewok tilt, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit that, which you know, I like it. I wonder what kind of uh, what kind of direction they were getting in terms of their motions, because it occurs to me, um, like Kurosawa would tell his actors like choose uh a gesture or emotion that your character does. And when you're in doubt about what to do, just do that. So sometimes mm. it'd be like a, you know, shrug the shoulders sort of thing or whatever. I wonder if there was something similar happening here. Maybe. That's cool though. It's all well-directed so far. I really dig it. Very well-directed. <laughs> so, uh, they need to convince, uh, Socrates, one of the wisest men 
one of the most learned, one of the most reasoned in the world ever uh, to come with them. And in their book, they get some some of his knowledge. Uh, the only true wisdom consists of knowing that you know nothing. Which is true. You don't, wait, you don't know nothing. You, in comparison to how much everybody knows in the world, you know nothing. But I reckon we probably know a little bit more than Socrates knew back then. Oh yeah, probably yeah. Like we got the internet. That guy didn't. That guy barely had a fifty-six k connection. Uh, There's all the screaming when you lifted the phone up when he was trying to connect. Oh yeah. So when, <laughs> but in this, uh, <laughs> when they read about not knowing anything being wisdom, Ted exclaims, "That's us, dude!" <laughs> Which I think oh, it just they're being a little hard on themselves, but they also don't seem yeah. to be that upset by it no they they're aware of what they like which is adorable but also kind of just like oh just 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 love yourselves bill bill's plan is to have ted philosophize with socrates yes must philosophize we are merely dust on the wind like that song whose name i forget yeah i can't remember what it is and then uh, Socrates sort of exclaims, ah, you said something similar to what I just said, but I said it in Greek, and I will now follow you with no further questions. Yep, because that's exactly how it works. You Stop for England, 15th century. <laughs> oh. Literally, it's that it's that rapid. Just like, okay, come with us, Socrates. Okay, into the booth. No, no, no yep. time for questions. Just go into the booth. Into the booth, please. Just go. Don't, don't worry. It's all fine. It's made of aluminium. There's text and letters you've never seen. I would uh, just that poor poor man. You would must have been so fucking confused. I would have been. I still am, honestly. But then again, this is me. So they arrive and uh, they make a plan. Billy's job is to uh, guard Socrates, keep him keep him busy, and uh, keep Socrates safe. Billy is dealing with the oddity of time travel with the greatest of ease. Yet they are far too chill about this. Well, this is what Bill says to him. You are dealing with the oddity of time travel with the greatest of ease. Hey. Oh, no. That sort of shit would creep me out. I guess, I mean, let's remind ourselves also that Billy the Kid died at age 21. Yes. So, like, he's also, like, an older teen. He's probably around their age-ish, right? Shit, yeah. He would have been. So, the, like, I guess they're something like 16, 17, something like that. Thereabouts. I mean, what's the fight? Because I think they're seniors, aren't they? Oh, okay. In that case, oh, they're they... like 17, 18. Yeah. So they they, they are. Yeah, they're all around age. the same age here. So, you know, Billy the Kid is around their age, I guess. So I, I guess when you're around peers, there's a certain amount of peer pressure. And when somebody takes charge, it's like, all right, uh, sure. I'll follow you for 10 minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the thing that you want me to do. But uh, not that thing. But I mean, normally that's like, we're going to the chicken shop. Come with us. No, we're all going. Come on with. Right. It's not. Hey, yeah. get in the time machine. We're going to 15th century England. Because be, frankly, I think I'd probably get in a time machine if somebody said that. But that's just me. Yeah, but you also get um, in cars with strangers. This that's is what they're doing here. They're getting in a car with a stranger. You should never get in a car with a stranger. But Socrates don't know no cars. He don't know no better. Well, yeah. I mean, wasn't Socrates the one who also exclaimed that birds 
Couldn't be mammals. I can't remember. Uh, you might be thinking of his definition of birds, uh, which is normally not a well. That, that was a Plato story. Where yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, so let's unpack that. Uh, we'll we'll go through that one real quick because that was uh, what's his face. What le- the the cynic? What lived in the wine barrel? And uh, yes. you're like, yeah, the chicken is like a kind of uh, you know a, a man. A man. Let's define a man. Man is like a kind of flightless, uh, featherless uh thing right yeah he's a flightless featherless thing and uh but he comes into the the academy with a plucked chicken and goes behold plato's man and throws it on the ground and pieces out which is like he was such an epic troll i love it i yeah i would the thing is like i would do that so (laughs) you know i can't blame him demosthenes no it wasn't demosthenes it was another one I can't remember. Anyway, it, was, it was it was another Greek. It was another one of the Sthenesis. So, hey, look that. <laughs> excuse me, there, random person. Uh, are there any personages of historical significance around here? Oh, there's a fucking castle over there, mate. Oh wow, I didn't see that before. Huge castle. Yes, that's uh, easily missed. Must be the castle of King Henry. Yeah, it could be. But which Henry? Well, uh, we could figure out which Henry. What we know so far is 15th century. So that narrows it yeah. down to Henry's four through seven. <laughs> yes. It's one of them. Uh, hey, look, some babes on the balcony. And Ted is in love. And also so is Bill, I guess. Because they, they do it together. Uh, you want to rephrase that? They, the, because they, they do, do it, together. it together. Yes, because anything that one of them does, the other one must do. I, ah, I that see. makes it worse. Yeah, that, that's not helping, Mufi. It's <laughs> not helping your case. <laughs> because they're, they're both Bodage's babes, and yes, both Bill and Ted automatically fall in love. Both Bill and Ted are, as you say, Bodage's babes. Yes. They are Bodage's babes. So these must be the princesses that Ted told Ted about back at the time machine. Yep. Always warn. Always warn them. So guess they'd better sneak into the castle and don some armor. Yeah, because armor, I mean, I suppose they'd have been like the average height guys in that era. Uh, I don't know how tall they are, but like uh, armor is reasonably closely fitted, but it's also modular. So... uh, like yeah, I mean, like if the helmet fits your head, it fits everyone's head of a similar size, right? Same thing with like you yeah. can put on the breastplate, and then uh, the leggings are just like strapped on. Uh, it's uh, I mean, I've worn armor, so it depends on the kind of armor. The the crazy stuff, like the crazy gothic articulated <laughs> stuff, was generally 16th century, so a little later than this. But uh, yeah. here's a trope I'm tired of: plate armor is hard to move in. It's not. It's modular. It's actually quite easy to move in. Well, even the full stuff. I mean, the by 15th century, they'd got real good at making plate armor, right? Mm. So they're actually wearing period accurate armor. Just impressive. They're, they, historical dramas don't get this crap right. And yet somehow this movie has. This movie about time traveling teens has gotten... <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed. I'm happy. But I'm also like... 
okay, if you're making British historical drama, you now have no excuse. Sorry. Yep. I don't understand how they don't manage it in normal dramas, but... But yeah, for real, uh, if you want a bit of fun, whoever's listening, there's YouTube videos of people putting on 15th century armor and then doing, like, military assault courses. It, like, barely slows them down. It does. Because they, 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 it's not even that heavy either. Yeah, I mean, uh, full plate armor would probably be, like, depending on how thick the plates are, you know, 5 to 10 kilos, which is not light, but it's, you know, modern soldiers carry three or four times that. Yeah, so, it works. So, anyway, uh, one thing, one thing is true, though. Seeing through the eye slits of an armet is pretty challenging, and it takes some getting used to, because it really is just a horizontal slit. So yeah, it, and that's that's just removing a lot of your peripheral vision, which is slightly yeah, terrifying. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a lot of how they how people used to fight against armored knights was just trying to mess with the visibility, right? Because yeah. if you can't see, you can't really fight. It doesn't matter how cased in armor you are. Which is sad, but it works. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful armor, too. I wonder where they got it. Probably, I would hope, from an actual castle, maybe? Yeah, maybe their armor was just really good. Maybe. So they also totally don't know how to sword fight, but have some fun with it anyway, before Bill tackles um, tell, uh, B- tell Bill tackles Ted into a stairwell. And uh, that just goes so well. It goes so well so so well and uh once at the bottom the guard is there who just stabs the guy yeah because that's totally normal like doesn't check who it is he's in plate armor personally you, could, uh, you know if that pull was up me the visor. The guard, i'd be like pull up the visor yeah just just check just go take a look no warning given rather than either no just immediate stab on sight no, no sort of like hey who are you what are you doing here nothing they just like stab him into the thing Though, bonus points for not doing the typical Hollywood thing where they stab through the hardened steel breastplate. Yeah, because that would annoy me. Like, that's, that's oh, it happens all the time in movies where like, haha, I have a magic sword. And you're like, yeah, but your sword's still made of material. So yeah. you can't just poke a thing. Try to like, it, it's like stabbing a car, except like stabbing a tank. You're not going to stab the tank. Yeah. It's it's just not how it it's not how it works. You don't uh, stab large metal objects. Not if you like your knife. Yeah, if you like your knife, don't stab. Bill, <laughs> that's a, that's a PSA. If you like your knife, no stabbing. <laughs> no bad stabby. No stabby. Are you sure you Rufus don't says. work for the government anti knife crime <laughs> unit? I mean, maybe I should. If you like <laughs> your knife, don't stab people. Yeah, I might, I might submit that to the... Uh, That's the main reason. Yeah. Don't. No stabby. Bad stabby. No stabby. I don't know where this is going now, Bill, honestly. Uh, it's okay. I'm here to rescue you. And so is Bill, <laughs> who avoids oh, the guard and on seeing his dead friend, shouts at the staff to leave, then laments, bogus, heinous, most <laughs> non-triumphant. Uh, just... <laughs> Ah, oh, Ted, don't be dead, dude. He's not dead. Uh, guard shows up again. Uh, Bill yells at him and tackles him. 
And as, because I, I mean, you know, let, here's my exactly plan as an untrained 17 year old. I'm going to tackle the hardened soldier who just killed my friend. Yeah. But of course. Fortunately, like, I, Ted is here, uh, not in his armor anymore, uh, to hit the guard over the head with a pot. And again, exactly what I do. I he, like the idea of hitting people Mufi, with he, pots. he claims he fell out of his armor. Yep, I don't know how that happened. I'm taking away points. <laughs> I'm taking away points, Mufi, because I had to take a break. It's like, no, you were strapped in. You don't fall out of, oh my god, no. <laughs> Does that really bother you? I mean, it's oh, it bothers I mean, it's me bad, so much. Like... For re- like, I don't even know why this one bothers me so much. I'm watching a teen time travel movie. I don't know why this bothers me, but it absolutely does. This is the thing that got you, is, is the fact that he fell out of his suit of armor. Yeah, nothing else has bothered me so far. I was just like, oh, okay, it's time travel. What if but time travel? But I... Ugh. Armor, man. Armor gets oh, me. Sorry, It's funny. It just makes me laugh that that is what got you. You know where there's that website, doesthedogdie.com? I need uh, yeah. is the com. Yeah, you could try setting that up, like, you know, Oh my god, I think I have to. You have to know. Is the armor right? Is so, the weaponry right? Calling out an anachronism as they hug triumphantly, they quickly realize that uh, men are not permitted to show such emotions toward one another and then call each other. Then uh, I really don't want to say the word. And I That's don't. Not... Yeah, they call each other the, the F word that means gay person. Yeah. 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that is, frankly, the, that is the only thing in the entire movie that's even, like, remotely hinted at of them going, oh, that's that's gay. Like, I, th- for that fact alone, I'm quite happy with it. And again, just... they're 1980s teens. The movie was made in the 1980s. I get it. But I was still yeah. like, oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> kind of haunting back to uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit that. Which is sad. So cut to the two historic babes who Bill and Ted proceeds to woo by making some stuff up. Yeah, making up some pretty poems. Such as? Because, don't put me on, I didn't write this down. I can't remember. All you have to do is put yourself right on that spot. I can put you there if you want. Go on. Uh, I bring a message of love from myself. I mean, song lyrics, right? Will, will you go to the prom with us in San Dimas? We will have a most yeah. triumphant time. He doesn't even say song lyrics is the joke here. This great. I love it. I mean, I would probably have a song like that, personally. I would listen to a song like that. Also, weirdly, the girls are into it. Yep. I'm not sure what that says about teen girls in uh, middle-aged England, but... I guess I've never been a 15th century teenage aristocratic girl. No, I've never been a 18th century aristocratic teenage girl 16th century 15th 15th there you 15th, go I, I got the dates wrong yeah 15th Where, and then her dad Henry's 4 through 7 probably comes over I just and he calls whichever Henry but he is. calls Elizabeth but none of those yeah. kings had a daughter well one of the, uh, six Henry the 6th had a, a a daughter called Elizabeth but she died at like age 4 or something yeah, I, again, I think they're just 
I think yeah, they I, I meant think Henry kind of VIII, it. but Henry VIII was early 16th century. Yeah. It was like 1508, 9, something, something. like that. It was something yeah. like that. So he's, it's not possible. I, anyway, so. It's strange. <laughs> they, it could have really, anyway, I don't know what they're, maybe what his, maybe what their dad wants is for them to marry some horrible old men later today. Oh yeah, obviously that's, that's. Movie. He wants Will you help children. us escape? Yes, of course. I mean, of course, babes. Fuck marrying these old ugly men. The, the specific line is, of course, babes. Which, uh, is this still endearing? I think it's still endearing. Yeah, it's still endearing. They're, they're, they're dumb. Yeah, like, the, what I love about these guys is they're, you, you can't attribute any malice to any word choice they make. No, because they're not doing it maliciously, they're just stupid. They're barely in control of the words coming out of their mouths, is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. There's, there's, they can't... It's not even so much they're barely in control, it's just they, they know what they want to say, but they're just not very good at saying it. I'm not Which getting that many malapropisms from them. I'm trying to think of any time where they said something that's clearly either not true or something other than what they wished to express. And I'm coming up short. Yeah. You might be right, though. You might be right that they're, they don't understand and their misspeaking comes from that. See, I don't think I can really think of, honestly, yeah. is like, it's not malicious at any stretch. They're just not very smart. Yeah, it might just be that. So they are excited about uh, about Iron Maiden, though. Oh, well, yeah. Who isn't excited about Iron Maiden? Less excited about execution. Yeah, well, you win some, you lose some. They think it's bogus. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Muchly bogus. Muchly. Bill, I believe that our adventure through time has taken a most serious turn. He says as they're about to be executed. Fortunately, the executioners are, in fact, so great and bit of a kid. Yep, who because, somehow know, got in there and got jobs as executioners and found the robes that fit them and picked up the. I something led up to this. Yeah, there's also they knew. there's also the they got the the phone booth there on the time machine on a on a cart. With a guy yelling, they came from the sky! With great fire and demon horns! And I'm pretty sure he's making at least one of those things up. At least one. I'm I'm thinking it's the fact they came from the sky. Because there's always great fire and demon horns. Yeah, but they showed up on the ground. They didn't come from the sky. Yeah. The thing just materialized yeah. at ground level. They are, he is lying about the, the sky? Clearly. It's just how it goes sometimes. And as they make their escape, uh, there is just like a dude with a horse and uh, like a bunch of dudes with horses, and one of whom is wielding a comedy-sized flail. <laughs> yeah, that was a ridiculously sized flail. Do you have any? How if that were that if that were solid iron, that thing would weigh like twenty kilos. And that's just a lot of weight. That's like so fifty crazy. pounds for those of you colonial types. <laughs> you you try. You try whipping around a thing on a chain that weighs that much and having it not pull you off your horse. Yeah, you'd be fucked. You'd just you think be you can curl that? Seconds. I can't curl that, and I lift. 
Boom. It's impossible. Movies need to stop with their ridiculously sized flails. I mean, I get it. It reads on camera because if you were to use a normal sized flail, it's like the size of a of a cricket ball, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. But like, you need to stop this unreasonable flailed standards. Yeah. Also, flails were not a terribly common weapon and are kind of useless in a lot of ways because they're just about yeah. as dangerous to you as they are to the opponent. Yeah, the amount of times I've hit myself over the head with the poi when I've been doing poi is ridiculous. I couldn't imagine what would happen if they had spikes. Oh, the number of times I've hit myself across the head with a flail. <laughs> and as they ride away, they're pursued and they make their escape just in the nick of time. Uh, the flail man misses them by just a hair. I'm glad that hasn't done any damage to the top of the phone box. Uh, time machine. Oh, wait. And that this will not be called back to in any future plot points. Not at all. No future plot points whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. Cut to the future, where <laughs> the music is excellent. And look, hey, it's the guys who sent Rufus. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's you. Strange. They didn't know. Yeah. And then Q, it's uh, us. fantastic. Who are we? <laughs> God damn, it was brilliant. I love that. Point. It's, it's such great. a mechanical like who are you who are they oh it's you who are they right like yeah. he's taking the other guy's line in this but it's just great it's that there's no irony at all ever from these guys yeah it's it's, it's very weird and they i are so it's also clever though right yeah like, some writer oh, no, was getting so, patted on the back for that line, right? Yeah. it's. I just, it was just the perfect experience of how not with it those two are. <laughs> A little bit. I, uh, I also love that their form of uh, salute, I guess, is the slow air guitar strum. I love that so much. I, I think that should be normalized as uh, what people see. Well, since we're looking for alternatives to the handshake in the post-coronavirus uh, yeah. hellscape that we will find ourselves in, I, I think that that's hellscape. maybe uh, maybe an maybe that's a thing we could use. That's a good contender. It's a contender. I've seen the Wakanda salute floated, and I don't think I'm cool enough to use that. No, I also fear that that may lead to some level of uh, cultural appropriation communications and. Uh, you mean in that? I, uh, I guess. Uh, still, I you know I've seen that floated. I've also yeah, I've, I've seen it floated. Yeah, I've also seen. Um, I've seen a bunch of stuff floated, and I think mostly oh, we're probably just gonna you know wave and say hi, like yeah, you know, like normal people. Yeah, like actual sensible human beings. Yeah, like not take a thing I, from I've a always movie. Why. We're just gonna go. Oh hi, how are you? And use our words like grownups. Yeah, I have wondered. I mean, I suppose it's the formal gatherings, you know. Yeah, I guess People in a formal are... gathering, I would do the slow air guitar strum. You're right. That <laughs> totally. wouldn't that wouldn't be silly at all. No, what are you talking about? I think it'd be perfect. So, uh, hey, Mufi, I think uh, they're not saying anything. You better say something. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! <laughs> I love that line so much. 
And then they all just go, oh, yeah, yeah, those are guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then bundle back into the phone booth. Yep. With, yeah. So we'd take you with us, but it's a history report, not a future report. <laughs> and then a lovely little Actually. moment where Bill, or one of them just says, later. And the whole gathered crowd sort of goes, later. Yeah. Because that's normal. You know, just. Of, of course, their formality would be everything that their great ones were about, right? Of course, yeah, that's I how formality so. gets crystallized. It's beautiful. It's still, it's still weird. It's amazing. So I was laughing. It was great. It's just, it's, I think the thing is what I love about this movie is they're just so, I know people like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it disturbs me. So, hey, Mufi, uh, if, um... Not saying it is, but if the antenna on the top of the roof there were, for example, hit by some sort of comedy-sized medieval flail, uh, the the folks yeah. in this room right here, they would be the ones to be able to spot that and, you know, maybe correct it, right? Yeah. I, I, I would have thought so. I'd have thought they'd have noticed. Like, the, if, their if big old thing on top of the thing problem. there. It's, it's in plain view. Yeah. You know, you'd think someone would go, uh, but apparently. Yeah, maybe somebody would give it a little oil change, maybe a little tune-up. Maybe, maybe, but apparently, I don't know. Cut to a children's restaurant, I guess family restaurant is what I mean, where <laughs> where Napoleon is being served something called a Ziggy Pig ice cream platter. I like the idea of a Ziggy Pig. That's a lot of ice cream and it makes me happy. Yeah, those exist in sort of uh, eating contest sort of style things. Yeah. And it's also like I a party one. style... Like, hey, let's put a an obscene amount of like fat and sugar in the middle of this table and have the children eat it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I need from my life is is diabetes in a bowl. So, uh, again, there's some nonsensical French here because he asks for un bâton, which means a stick. Uh, no idea what yes. he's trying to say here. Like, honestly, no idea. No, I, I, I. Some of it just makes no sense. It just does feel a little bit like uh, uh, they're just trying to make it funny. So he's going to say things in a slightly French way, and it doesn't work. Well, the this one he pronounces okay, right? Like uh, props to the yeah. actor. I don't think he actually spoke French, and it's unreasonable to expect people to speak languages they don't speak. But like, first of all, yeah. no one in Hollywood could speak French. Okay, there's got to be someone that looks more like him than. Could speak French. Couldn't ADR that? Okay, fair. Yeah, all right. But yeah. also, he just, it's like, the la you know, the last time I was served ice cream, I also just looked at the server and said, a stick. Yeah. That, well, you know. It's, no idea. Honestly, not it, at all. It's weird. So they all finish the whole thing. Uh, to be fair, they, it's also, like, it has a little taste and it goes, like, less. Right, which is what yeah. uh, ice cream ice is cream. called in French. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and they sort of go, yeah, ice cream, whatever. It's it's the same thing. And then he eats all of it. Uh, another stereotype of Napoleon being an aggressive, graceless glutton. Obviously, that's exactly how that works. Napoleon Bonaparte was a Corsican aristocrat and emperor of France. That's where we invented table manners. For reference, the men had yep. table manners. Christ, more of this. Anyway, <laughs> now there's something wrong with the time tubes, I guess, because they end up in Vienna in 1901, where Billy the Kid kidnaps Sigmund Freud. <laughs> I mean, Sigmund Freud. 
with a lasso. I just, I love, I love this because there's apparently no one else nearby to stop this random group of people. Hey, do you see that that, uh, that phone booth over there? I mean, that's a weird. Oh. That just appeared in the middle of the street. Anybody else seeing this? That man just lassoed that other man. That, that's that. That's just ignore it. It's fine. He doesn't. We don't know. It's Sigmund. Hey, he's, he's why are you dragging away Siggy? He, he thinks he honestly thinks that everyone wants to sleep with their mother. You've just got to let him go. If they want to take him, let them take him. Mufi, sometimes a lasso is just a lasso. Yeah, sometimes it is. So then in Kassel, Germany in 1810, where they bag and they bag them a Beethoven who is clearly just so not playing piano in this scene. At all. Not even remotely is he playing piano. This is a non-speaking part. You couldn't get anyone in Hollywood who could play any Beethoven? Why would they? <sighs> also, I mean, side note, the costumes here. Yeah. Period accurate. <laughs> Attention to detail. How they managed it. This costume department <laughs> in this 1989 teen <laughs> comedy about time travel. I know. Has better it's... period accuracy regency, or not regency, uh, better period accurate costumes than period dramas. That's how these work, apparently. Mufi, I think the... we've discovered a new standard. <laughs> I think we've <laughs> discovered a new standard. <laughs> if your costumes aren't better than Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, then you gotta you gotta work on your costumes. Yeah. Give your costume department a little bit more time. Give wardrobe a bit more time. Oh, we were complimenting Blood Raid about their costumes. I, that's a fictional universe. Them. You can do whatever the hell you yeah. want there. But if you are presenting no, I mean, a real we... time and place and real people, I think you've got a yeah. responsibility to those real people to represent them accurately. Yeah. I think they, 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 I did like the guy they got for Sigmund Freud because he looked very similar. It was very good. It, the, a lot of the people they've gotten in this for characters that we have images of. So Abe Lincoln, uh, Sigmund, Mozart, but, sorry, Mozart. Beef. Oven. Beef oven? Beef oven. Yeah, we're calling him beef oven from now on. That's what they call him repeatedly. Do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, I didn't get that. I thought they were just calling him Beethoven. No, they were calling him beef oven. Beef they call, well, oven. they do call him Beethoven, but they also call him beef oven. It, yeah, I think it's because the, a lot of the stuff, I think they've read it in the where it's written, been written in quite a flowery font. So in their defense, Beethoven does kind of look like beef oven. So could I also say that I think I need a t-shirt with a picture of beef oven on it? <laughs> like with a wig on add top of the, the oven? I'll add it to the list. Eventually I'm going to have a piece of paper that just has beef oven and random shit written on it and not know what I'm Someone's just going to walk into your room and there's going to be a post-it note on the monitor that says <laughs> beef oven. And they're not going to yes. ask questions because they know you. Yeah. <laughs> If they're walking into my room, they obviously know me well enough to be allowed to walk into my room. And, <laughs> yep. Sorry, guys. Then to Orléans really in sorry 14... Sorry? I feel sorry for my housemate at times like this. Then to Orléans <laughs> in 1429, where Jeanne d'Arc, I'm pretty sure 
goes with them because she believes they're angels. Yes. They also, I like the the actress, obviously, because we don't have like very good pictures of Joan Arc. Joan Arc. Um, I like the actress they chose because she was always, she was quite young when all of that happened, wasn't she? Jeanne d'Arc died at like uh, 19. Yeah, so she, she was quite young during all of that. And I like the fact that they didn't choose someone who was clearly more mature. Yeah, good. I mean, that, yeah, that role. If your Jeanne d'Arc in the in her prime historical importance isn't like sixteen yeah. or seventeen, then that's then just wrong. You're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. Uh, like historically wrong. Well. Maybe uh, in your particular drama, it works. Then yeah, fair enough. I don't think actors <laughs> should only ever play their own age. I think that would be unreasonable. No, but I think you should at least attempt with historic. Try if you're trying to be historically accurate, you should always try to make your character look, make your actress. The, the actor portraying your character to look the right age. I think mostly for me, it's you have a responsibility when portraying real people to portray them yeah. accurately. But if it's a fictional character, I, I care a lot less. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, if they're fictional, I don't really care. Just, you know, do what you want. <laughs> like actual people, real people. Make them, Samuel L. Jackson make them playing uh, this smarmy teen. <laughs> Hello, fellow teens. I've seen the meme. I don't know what that's from. Uh, Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, it's Steve Buscemi doing something. I've never gotten what it's from. Oh, yeah. So it's Steve Buscemi doing anything where he's any age other than age like 40 plus, especially when he was younger, because even then. Even then, he still looked 40 plus. He's got the coolest face. Like, you cannot mistake this man for any other person. God, no. So cool. I wish I had a recognizable face. Kind of do. Do I? Oh, neat. Thank Everyone you. Everyone has a recognizable face. Thank you. We all, have, we all have recognizable features. I guess that's true. Everyone's recognizable in that way. Yeah. If people know you. We are all unique. And a lot of us know Steve Buscemi. Yes. So then to Outer Mongolia, 1209. Again, this one I'm less personally bothered by because I'm not Mongolian. But like yeah. this is a weird stereotype of historic figures because here is Chengis Khan. Here, chewing meat like he's a Klingon, yeah, you know, jumping off, jumping a woman next to him, and like. <laughs> then, as the the time machine arrives, he picks up that noted weapon of the Mongols, the wooden club. Yeah, because that was a thing. You know that thing that, that the Mongols used. were mostly known for, the club. I do like the this little section where they've kind of realized that possibly they'd written too much into the first two bits, yeah. two bits of the movie. Yeah, maybe, because <laughs> uh, I'm getting that, because we're sort of, this is a little bit ways into Act 2, and... Uh, yeah, well, it's like 45 minutes or so into the first bit of the movie. Yeah, pretty much, and the White oh, House, the White House in 1863, they just sort of show up at the White House and pull Abraham Lincoln into the Get phone they lure him with a candy gram. Yeah. So now they're out of space in the booth and have to figure out what's wrong with the booth. Because they are now in prehistoric... Well, no, because they, they end up uh, riding it like a bathtub. They do. So, hey, look, that uh, turns out that comedy-sized flail seems to have done some damage to the antenna. If only they'd been somewhere after that fact where someone might have been able to see the problem and help them correct it. I don't think anybody had ever seen that. I mean, how could anybody be an expert in... Oh. 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 
Cut to Bowling Alley, where Napoleon <laughs> is altering his score not so sneakily, and after messing up uh, his bowl shot, just starts yelling merde Shit. over and over. Merde, merde, merde. Like, like, a, is, you know, like a child might. I just love the way they subtitled that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They didn't, they just like, shit, replace shit, it. shit, 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 which is what he says. There's no... Yeah, that's exactly. an accurate translation. Let me just be clear about that. <laughs> that is an incredibly accurate translation. Yeah, but okay. uh, I, but what the fuck is this portrayal of Napoleon Bonaparte? Because why, why do Anglophones insist on portraying him this way? That's what I don't I get. I don't know. Like, it gets on my... I mean, I'm not a French person. I don't, as far as I know, have any French heritage. Um, but like, it does annoy me when you see things and you're just like, that's not how that person was. If there's historical records about that person, I mean, I get that it's it's a comedy, and as I say earlier, it's one of it's one of my favorite films. It's just sometimes this need to take the piss out of historical figures by following on with the stereotypes just kind of a yeah but also compared to the portrayal of abraham lincoln right who granted did some cool stuff but at no point were they portraying him as like a logger which is what he did for a long time right that you can choose how to portray people and he was portrayed with the utmost of dignity socrates was this weird creepy old man right uh which, you know billy the kid super cool you know western guy and like everyone non-american yeah. was had problems with them all the american guys were like hey look look at this hero right yeah it's oh, i'm not a fan billy the kid keep an eye on this man who is one of the most brilliant minds to have ever existed you keep an eye on him we don't trust yeah. his judgment yeah no because obviously that's he's not a smart man this man is 60 years your senior. You're in charge, Billy. Yeah. Right? Just That's the part it. where I... sometimes I'm like, okay, movie, I get it. You're an American production, but come the hell on. Yeah. Right? Like, I get it's yeah. a comedy. Fine, it's a comedy, but these are real people you're portraying. Just deal with it. Just do it right, please. Please. Yeah, I, I'm not alone in this, am I? I'm real annoyed by this. No. It does annoy me because there's no... I, what I would have found considerably funnier I mean, I, as I say, I love this movie I find it hilarious anyway What I would have found considerably funnier Is if they had just pulled the correct stere- correct like Backstories and represented these characters These people, sorry yeah, Right mm. in, in the right way And had a laugh mm. with the fact that You know, they all come from different time periods So, like, the cowboy might have been like To the Greek man, to, to Socrates You know, hey, you smell quite clean and Socrates is just stood there kind of going, what on earth are you saying? Uh, I don't understand you. You stink. Yeah, yeah. You know, just playing those sorts of actual... Like, what time are you stuff. from again? Did did we lose yeah. the knowledge of how to bathe, son? You know? <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. I think it would have been hilarious. That would have been much funnier than what they've done here. Though granted, I also quite like the fact that Socrates doesn't speak English. Yes. Which, good. I love that. Why would Socrates speak English? He speaks ancient Greek. Yeah, they have no translator chips or translator modules on the time machine, so it's just how it goes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so the the kids at the bowling alley decide to ditch Napoleon as he tries to follow the bowling alley. The bowling alley owner confronts him for not paying. Yeah. So, Boofy, uh, uh, he doesn't just understand. A, just a quick <laughs> verses here for you. Who would win? 
Hardened combat veteran, unfathomably successful general, and first and greatest emperor of the French Empire who no prison could hold, and against whom it took the combined might of all of Europe to defeat even one time, and who is seen here armed with a sword, or one bowling boy. One bowling boy. Clearly, that's what happens in the movie, so uh, weird how that happens. Yeah, it's just how it works. So weird, weird garbled French here, which I couldn't even make out. And uh, I guess at the end he mispronounces idiot, which he says Mm. idiot. But uh, he was also Corsican, so if he spoke Italian, idiota, fine. But I don't think he was speaking Italian. I don't. I'm not giving the movie that much credit. Let's put it that way. No, it was it was kind of uh, waffle. It was it was language sounding waffle rather than actual French. He said a word that was an English word and tried to French it up for a bit. Bingo. Yeah. So uh oh, looks like the gang is stuck in one million BC San Dimas, California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they're in San Dimas, oh, but in a million BC. Uh, fortunately, Ted has brought chocolate brand pudding tins of chocolate pudding. I didn't realize it came in tins. Sometimes I always thought it came in plastic pots. Uh, yeah, it's a bit old school, but yeah, you used to get them in tins. I didn't know. I think you well, still get them in tins. Chocolate pudding's not really a thing we do. So. Yeah, no, pudding to you is just dessert. Yeah. You know how long that took me to get used to? <laughs> People would invite me for pudding, and I'd be like, I don't really like pudding. Yeah. And they'd have no idea what I meant. Like, what do you mean you don't like pudding? Like, I don't know. It's sort of, like I don't like pudding. pudding. Like, it makes sense, but, like, it, it, it's that weird language barrier. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Which never stops. So out of interest, it. if you had a, a little thing of pudding, what would you call that? It's a problem, isn't it? I the thing is I'd probably call it like moose. Yeah, you see the, the or... problem that you were having here is the differentiation between moose and pudding. There is no air in pudding. It's not a light yeah. fluffy thing. It's like a mass of uh semi congealed chocolate. I mean it's kind of like liquid chocolate it's more like really. a custard is really what it is <laughs> that's yeah it's definitely more like a custard. you would probably have like, a different think... you would probably call that chocolate custard probably yeah i suspect we would i because i've never been around pudding like in person as it were oh man we're gonna have so... to putting you up <laughs> that works so much better than last i'm time. very pleased it works better <laughs> than the last time for those who don't know what we're talking about see former episode gremlins for reference so, yes. uh-oh, uh, they're stuck in 1 million BC, uh, which, and there's Bill uh, MacGyver's together, a whole ton of bubblegum chewed by everybody to fix the antenna. And, which uh, is just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and oh boy, look at those, and here are some cavemen looking on in awe. Cavemen, here, in California. Yeah. Yeah. A full 966,000 years before there were any humans in the Americas. Oh, well, didn't you know that they all um, that they all existed everywhere? And a full 500,000 years before there were any humans anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's fine. That's how it works. And without yeah, making too much out of it, look, these cavemen are white. Look, see? Yep. It was okay to take this land from Mexico, right? Because the uh, people with our skin have been uh have been people with our skin color and our neck beards were here. Oh yeah. Way way before there was anyone else, right? See? If anything, Mexico Although, took it from us. 
Although, if they're in Sandinas, however many, like, thousand million years before... One million. They'd be in the sea. Sorry, what? They'd be in the sea. Uh, Because that many times we still have Pangea. I don't know. I mm, was it still was California part of Pangaea or did it erupt late? I don't know. I also but don't way, know where. That's a good question. I'm going to look up a geology book. But yeah, I, I, I'm calling this stuff out only because, like, I don't have a serious serious problem with it. But like, oh, first no. of all, it's comedic. It is comedic. I get it, and you need somebody to react to this in this time period, and I get that. So it's convenient, but like, you, you could have made it, you know. You could have made it 10,000 years ago. That would have hit. Yeah, and then there could have been cavemen. Yeah, because like literally yesterday, Mufi, I mean, literally as we're recording, yesterday in 2020, we discovered that there were humans in the Americas 33,000 years ago, which is about 20,000 years ago before we previously thought. I thought they were, yeah. So, (laughs) like that might age the episode a little bit, but like literally... I, it's it's just so wrong. It's I weird. was expecting it's, dinosaurs it's, at a million, right? Like, don't it's. I was kind of hoping. Go to a library. It's not that hard. Dinosaurs everywhere. I would have liked to see, uh, you know, the the T Rex from the lot next door reacting to them being there and going, "Oh no!" and running away. Yeah, that would have been great. Been they funnier. could have done that. That would have been bloody hilarious. Borrow the T Rex from Spielberg. Yeah, it's their choice. Yeah. Send the runner to ask Spielberg for his T-Rex for the day. Can we, can we just borrow it? Like five minutes. What do you mean five, he said no? Oh. Well, we're going to have to get some cavemen then, aren't we? Oh my god. I mean, Better make sure they're not, like, accurate at all. Yeah, don't make them at all accurate. Keep them the way that they are. I mean, at least they had fire, it's... which, you know, again, humans had fire in a million BC, 500,000 years before we... I, I'm making a lot out of this, but, like... You are. Uh, just, I guess fun. I'm a little bothered by it. It is a bit annoying, but it happens. Like, you can't always win. Cut really. to present day San Dimas. Only it's not now, it's last night. So, because, yeah. What do we say to ourselves? I don't know. Let's go find out. But they already know. Yeah, that. Yeah, they get the whole thing. But they can find out because they haven't said it yet. But they have said... But they heard it. Well, they haven't said it yet. They have heard it from themselves (laughs) who said it it yesterday. Keep up, will you? Oh, God, don't. I I can't! (laughs) (laughs) Makes my bread hurt! My bread hurt! so dumb, I love it. So... It makes my bread hurt. They do a door wipe to the end of that same conversation that they had earlier in the film. Uh, Thankfully. At the point where they're guessing the number. Yep. Which is uh, 69. Dude. So it looks Four like 69. they've got plenty of time. Like at least 10 hours. Oh yeah, totally at least 10 hours. But you know, Ted forgot no. to wind his watch though. Of course, Ted forgot to wind his. So they mo- they got like two hours. That's that's not good. That's very bad. Yep, and uh, <laughs> but as they leave, and Rufus uh, sends them on their way, they say that eh, conversation made more sense this time. Yeah, just slightly, but it would do. They've now got the 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 great thing of reference, context, reference, context. That's the word. Thank you. I I lost my English. 
That's okay. This movie is lo- is losing most of the languages it speaks. Yeah. Cut to tomorrow. I mean today. I mean present day. I mean to Bill's house, where Missy, I mean Bill's mom, is watering the garden. Yep. And just, again, uh, she is entirely unfaced by the fact that her stepson slash old classmate opens this phone booth that has magically appeared behind her with a lot of strange men in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and one strange woman. Who are introduced as Dave Beethoven. Yep. Uh, Maxine uh, Ovar. Yeah. And I can't... Herman, the kid. <laughs> Bob, Genghis Khan. <laughs> uh, Socrates Johnson. Yep. Dennis Frude. And uh, at this point, Ted just sort of gives up and goes, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's just a normal name. If you're not going to buy any of those other ones, you're not going to buy whatever I'm coming up with this one. So whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh... his self-awareness is occasionally excellent. I love his. I mean, most excellent. So funny. It's most excellent. So, okay, boys. So yeah, does in the fridge. She... But do your chores first. Can't take you to school without doing the chores. What? Is it not a school day? You know that. Is she not? You know that assignment that you need to hand in today, or you fail. Yeah, do your chores first. Yeah, totally. That that makes perfect sense. It's not like wiping the countertop is going to wait. No, I mean, frankly, that house didn't look very dirty. But yeah, there's a whole montage here, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's all in fast forward, which is uh, fast forward to comedy. Because that's how you make people laugh. Fast forward is the short tup, is the shortcut to comedy, don't you know? Oh yeah. I wasn't. So, I wasn't. I was waiting for this bit to end, frankly. But maybe if I were younger, I would also yeah. be like, eh, "That's pretty good." Yes, I didn't find it funny in the first place. Oh yeah. Like when I remember watching it. I mean, I wasn't obviously. It was. It was sent. It was. It was released like not long after I was born. No, sure, yeah. But um, like. It, I just don't know. It, I never found this sort of funny. I don't find this sort of scene very funny in many movies. Uh, it's honestly, it's kind of Benny Hill in a way. Yeah, and Benny Hill I like was Benny funny. Hill. I, Benny Hill was funny. He knew what he was doing when he did it, and they did it in a weird, self-aware way, right? Yeah, but like, it's this is not self-aware. This is this is just like, just... hey, you know what's funny? Fast forward. Yeah. Why? So. Anyway, cut to the history presentations already in progress. Oh, because of course I Oh, man. So does this ever evoke terrible high school presentations to me? Oh, I We never had to do this sort of thing. And you I never presented to your class? We had to present to our class, but we didn't have to Not to like an auditorium. Like that. Yeah, no, not to no, no, uh, that would let, Let's be clear. If every single person in this auditorium needs to present for like five minutes... You're not getting out of there for a minute. No, and and his idea that they'd be, what was it, an hour and a half essentially? Because like he said, it was like one thirty till three. Uh, one thirty to three thirty, something like that. Yeah, a couple hours. Like that, that that's if the, everybody in the auditorium has have five minutes, that is impossible. Yep. So we. Right. Bill and Ted are running out of time, and we know this because there's a short. Uh, there's short. There's a shot of the history teacher looking at the clock and then tapping a pencil next to where their names are written down on that piece of paper. There. Yeah. 
gives them a time. No, to, good to establishing shots. Wonderful. Really good. Uh, you know, it's overused maybe, but yeah. I also don't know how else you establish that. No, there's there's no way to establish that piece of information without doing an establishing shot like that. So cut back to the mall. I guess they've decided to go to the mall. I guess where they need why? to find Napoleon. Like why? Why did they go to the mall? I guess they need to well, I, discover a little bit of Sandemus so that they can tell the class about San, what they think about Sandemus, because that was the assignment. Of course, that's... I, I mean, yes, but could you not, like, talk them through it? Maybe. I. But also, what does it say about your society if, like, okay, so we need we have one hour to show this the, these people the what our society is about and what our values are? And who we are oh, yeah. as people and a society and what kind of morals that we have. Let's bring them to the mall. Yes, I, personally, I would always bring someone to the mall when I'm trying to show them society's morals or not. I mean, I don't think it would show them good <laughs> morals, but I'm I'm not mad at... I think it's right. Definitely show them something. I think it's right. I just don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, is this, as that girl who is talking in the first bit is saying about, you know, if, uh, what's her face? Marie Antoinette would be like, you know, let them buy more stuff or watch more TV. It's true. Like we are a society of, of what's the word? Consumers. We are a consumer society. Yeah. True. Except that the whole point of this was the context of let them eat cake was people saying Francis starving. We don't have bread to eat. And Antoinette saying, well, if they don't have bread, have cake. If yeah. they're out of bread, why won't you eat but, the cake, though? Again, you have it's, cake. It's like, it's a, I can't imagine a world in yeah. which you don't have cake. Have the servants bring it to you. Yeah, you have those, right? It's it's misuse of uh, a phrase that continually gets kind of misused, I guess, on it in, rather than the actual. Concept. In this context, I'm not mad at it because the student delivering it clearly has a cursory yeah. understanding of this, and they're a high school student, and that's fine. It's okay for them to have a cursory understanding of another country's histor- historical events. But, you know, yeah. still, though, it's still like, rage. today, she might tell us, let them have TV. Ha ha ha. Okay, yeah, it's high school. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, I'm sure I've delivered presentations like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. I, like, I, I didn't care about it. the presentation. I showed up and I was like, I don't know, history, right? I'm doing the thing you asked me to do. I am here presenting to the class because you told me to present to the class. Here's a slide that I prepared, by which I mean it's the default first slide in Photoshop. In I did this presentation in Photoshop. <laughs> PowerPoint. <laughs> Let me, give me a minute while I draw the next slide. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's going to take me a little while. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. Just because the idea of drawing every slide as you go is kind of easy. I, Mufi, I think we need to do this. <laughs> oh Mufi, I think God. we need to do this. I'm going to present a presentation, and as I go, you're going to draw <laughs> the slides that I need to reference <laughs> for my presentation. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh. But do not be surprised when I just draw dicks everywhere. I mean, I feel like you're the artist. You should draw. You should draw whatever, whatever you what art you want to you want to present. The best of dicks. Um, it was the best of dicks. It was the worst of it was dicks. The worst of dicks. <laughs> oh dear. 
Cut back to uh, where they're looking for Napoleon. They need to find him. You ditched Napoleon? How could you ditch Napoleon? He was a dick. That was the most... Yeah. This kid has like two lines and he delivers both of them so perfectly. He does. He's so well done and I love it. I don't know who this guy is. I wonder if he went on to do cool stuff later, but we can look that up later. That's fine. But I guess this yeah. uh, this particular portrayal, this particular Napoleon, yeah, I guess this guy's a bit of a dick. I don't blame the kids for being like, this guy's just doing nothing but yelling and screaming like a child and eating all the ice cream. Which is perfectly valid. Like, I'd get annoyed with that if people yeah. were doing it to me, so... Anyway, better find him. So, Mufi, if I were one of the greatest generals in history, if we were stranded in San Dimas for one day... Where would we go? Water park. Yeah. We go to the water park named Waterloo. Because that's... Waterloo. (sighs) Yeah, it's not at all on the nose, is it? If I wanted to. No, not even remotely. So cut to Napoleon sneaking into the water park after the lady who buys 11 children's tickets. Yep. And he... Because that's how many children she had. Why would she buy that in children's tickets? Uh, Why? I don't know. School trip? I hope so. So he has a bathing suit for some reason. Yep. I I wouldn't even believe those were his skibbies. So, like, it might just be his underpants. They could be his skibbies, but like, it's a bit weird. Also, he doesn't know what to make of the water slides at the top of them, saying... At the top, Keskasiksa, which means, what is this? So the lifeguard yes, right. decides to push him onto the slide. That's not how that works. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. What you're supposed to do is say, it's okay, sir. Just stand to the side and you can take a turn when you're feeling okay. Yeah, not, oh, fuck it. Let's just shove you down yeah. this hole. Uh, also, yeah. side note, as he says, sacre bleu. Uh, first of all, pronounces it quite well. I was impressed. And also, yes, it's so this is an old school thing to say to the point where I've never heard a real person say it. Yeah, you hear it as a trope, but it's not ever an actual thing. It was a real thing. I've, I've, it was a real thing. But like my parents would describe that as day. like an old person thing, right? Yeah. Like their grandparents would say it. sacre bleu, right? I mean, mine, mine were all German. So yeah, fair. <laughs> but it's outdated is all I mean. But also, sacre bleu as a thing Napoleon would have said. Yeah, totally. Uh, entirely understandable, I believe. Yeah, yeah I totally. Like That's it. a thing they would have said back then. So it, so excited is he after his first taste of water park that he starts just grabbing children on the way up the stairs. Totally. I mean, that I, if somebody started grabbing my child in a water park. I guess the 80s were a more innocent time because they'd be like, oh, he's just super enthusiastic and he's not doing anything wrong. I suppose. He's running faster than the children, which is a bit dickish, but we've we've established that this portrayal of Napoleon is a dick. But then occasionally he's just like grabbing a child by the by the legs and going like, do you see how cool this is? And I get the enthusiasm, but don't grab the kid, dude. Don't touch the child. (laughs) Please don't. So. Cut back to the mall. Uh, or no, yeah. see, so, so Bill and Ted find him and put a towel around him and bring him back to the mall, much to his consternation. Yeah. 
cut to the mall where they where they come into like an aerobics thing where they say why be flabby when you could be firm and trim because that's a really what's the word that's a snappy slogan you know what uh you know what women like is men who are firm and slim i like a firm lady you know like when i press on her i don't like any resistance at all no, I, when I press her on her, I want lots of resistance, is what I mean. It's the opposite of yielding. So you want the Venus de Milo? Uh, yeah, I mean, ideally the Venus de... Yeah, I, I don't know where to go with that. Where are you going with that? Well, she's she's firm. You, you press her and... Oh, yeah, I need you. a lady who's actually made of marble. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. That's what everyone needs, isn't it? I think that's the ideal. Just make a lady out of marble and I'll... Uh, might be a little difficult in some situations. Yeah. Like, if I need to bring her up a set of stairs, I might need help. Uh, we could make her out of light stone. Yeah, it wouldn't be firm enough. So, <laughs> Jeanne d'Arc uh, rather likes the look of 80s aerobics. Wonder why. See, why would you? Why would I you? I mean, it, it looks kind why of fun, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it just made me think too much of uh, Flashdance. Uh, of what now? It's a bit weird. Flashdance. Yeah, saying the title of the thing I haven't seen is not helping me. What is Flashdance? It's, it's, oh, if I remember rightly, it's about a woman who is running, who's like trying to be a dancer. Okay, start from the beginning. Is this a film? Yes. Okay. So it's a film about dancing and flashing lights. Yes. Yes. Got it. No. Got it. Yeah, cool. So cut to no they're, they're still in the mall they're still in the mall and beethoven they're always in the mall beethoven enjoys synthesizers he does i which confuses me considering the only reason that beethoven could only really even compose or play music was because he felt the vibrations from the strings properly through it and i guess it would work through the speakers but he wouldn't know what was going no, in, on in his those tones in his together. later life he went deaf sure but like in his younger days but he considering he didn't react to people coming oh, yeah, in and maybe. people kind of going what's going on early he's obviously in that death stage of his life i guess that means that he doesn't like synthesizers then but in this scene he likes this synthesizer specifically this one billy the kid and socrates decide to make a clumsy pass at some mall ladies which is truly ridiculous because like for one he's the right age but like an old man hitting on mall teenagers oh yeah billy the kid is like 21 that, that's that fine. feels about right socrates Socrates, like visibly elderly man, wearing a toga. Yeah. yeah, that's who all the girls want to get hit on by, is a man in toga. Also, Sigmund is here. Which is even funnier. Like, Hello, I am Sigmund Freud, uh, but you may call me Siggy. I do love Siggy. I think Sigmund Freud was very well represented in oh, this, amazing, even if yeah. he wasn't trying to. And you know, sometimes, sometimes Mufi, a corn dog, it's just a corn dog. Yeah. This is not one of those times. No. This corn dog is not, not a corn dog. He just starts pointing it. <laughs> it's quite subtle, but on second viewing, I was like, he is definitely pointing that corn dog. Oh yeah. So he's he's definitely pointing that corn dog. <laughs> Genghis Khan has discovered that aluminium baseball bats are somewhat superior to his wooden club. He discovers this by biting it. I mean, that's how I discover things are superior to other things. 
Did you? Don't you do that? So he decides he decides to go ham on a mannequin. He just goes ham on it. Yeah, just randomly attacks it. For some reason, presumably. Uh, Abe is having his photo taken, and then the photographer wants his hat and fake beard back, despite the fact that the dude showed up in his hat and his beard is just yep. his beard. He probably just walked in with it, and this dude's like, yeah, can we have it back? And he's like, well, why would I give you something back that I came in yep. with? But what? What? Nah. Beethoven has attracted a crowd with his keyboard shredding, which sounds suspiciously like guitar. It's very suspiciously like guitar, but we don't, we're not going to, we're not going to complain about it. We're just going to let them have it. going to let them have that. Jeanne d'Arc has decided to undon her armor and push, uh, and uh, push an aerobics lady out of the way to host the class herself. Yes, because, I, I mean, that, that that I don't entirely get. Like, why would she? Why would you do that? I was expecting her to join the class. Yeah, I wasn't that e- I would have gotten. I wasn't expecting this. But no, that was a bit much. I found that a bit strange. And she just kind of went, yeah, I just got to shove this woman out of the way. Especially considering she was supposedly quite pious. Well, she was quite pious, obviously. She was, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, very religious. And that just kind of seemed very out of character. Yeah, I mean, she was pious, but, like, occasionally... God would tell her things like, hey, you see all those English people? You should just slaughter all of yeah. them. Just, yeah, just murder everyone. Leave none alive. Uh, I don't know. It was just very weird. Yeah, well, Jeanne d'Arc was a bit of a badass. So. A bit? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> she was a badass. Totally. So, Genghis Khan is now an American football helmet and shoulder pads wearing man, and also he is riding a skateboard, which he can do for some reason. Oh, yeah. He knows how to ride a skateboard. It's a, a natural instinct for all people. Yeah, it's like a horse for your Especially feet. Especially the Mongols. Yeah, that's how it works. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I, I don't know. Billy the Kid uh, discharges a firearm in public. That'll get you arrested. Followed by Socrates, who is carrying a water pistol and discharges that into the air. I love the fact that Socrates and, and, and Billy the Kid seem to have forged this really adorable friendship. It is quite lovely, isn't it? It's so cute. But, like, I can't, I don't, it it, it just makes me a bit sad because they're never going to be able to see each other again once this is all done. Just like, oh. uh, Frude and Lincoln are apprehended at the top of the escalator because, uh, wait, what did Freud do again? What did he do wrong? I don't. I don't remember. I mean, he was, he pointed a corn dog at someone suggestively, but. Was that it? He didn't do, like, but then they called him a key, which I mean, I guess means a dick. And then they left. Yeah. And then that was the end of it. I don't know what he did wrong. Why does security want him? I thought they called him a geek. Uh, yeah. So he got called a geek. But he didn't do anything wrong. Lincoln, I guess they think that he stole a hat. So yeah. that one fine. But Freud but didn't he was... do anything wrong. Like, well, yeah, I suppose with he's Lincoln. just being tarred with the same brush. Jeanne is also apprehended, much to the disappointed of the assembled I crowd. I mean, less so to the woman who she pushed off stage, but... And Genghis Khan, Billy the Kid, and Socrates are trapped on the <laughs> skating rink. Which is hilarious. 
What did uh, Socrates do again? A water gun, a water pistol in the mall. Uh, sure. And Beethoven is apprehended for playing too much piano, I guess. Yes, because that makes perfect sense. I am assuming that the guy in the shop was annoyed because he couldn't, because he was taking up all the pianos, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, no, the, the, I don't know about that, but the salesman there is in shot going, get them out of here, or indicating that with the, the get them out of here thumb yeah, is, movement yeah. backwards. You know what I'm talking which about. Which is just weird. But again, I'm like, if I'm a salesman and this guy has just attracted 50 people yeah. to my section, to my store, I'm okay with it. It has to be, like, keep getting extra free advertising. Extra free advertising. Extra free foot yeah, traffic, yeah. Extra free. Like, why would you complain about this? More people in yeah, your shop, that's fine. It. Let them play. Yeah. Did, anyway, maybe there's uh, maybe this guy just doesn't like people playing maybe. the instruments. Maybe. So cut to the police station where no one has provided interpreters to the non-English because speakers. Because that's how life works. I thought you knew this. I, we don't provide interpreters to anybody. Why would we need to understand what they said? No, nah, don't need to understand a word anybody says. You don't speak English? I mean, sorry. There's a policeman <laughs> there having a tough time dealing with uh, Sigmund Freud, who was, let's remember, yes. a lawyer. Wait, was he? I did not realize that Sigmund yeah. Freud was Yeah, Freud, yeah, he was a lawyer. I believe uh, so. I've met his grandson, I don't remember. I mean, he says he is in the film. I, I thought he was also in real life. Uh. Abraham Lincoln, meanwhile, is being extremely cooperative. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of Ted's dad, who I guess we established earlier is uh, the sheriff or police chief. He had planned to study law, in the looks of it. Oh, okay, so he wasn't actually a lawyer. Not that I think, not that I can say. Oh, fair enough, yeah. Anyway, like, he's cleverly answering questions with questions. Yeah. Which is Which is both aggressive and also like, I shouldn't be here, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> Very funny, though. Why did you... You had no grounds to arrest me, so I'm going to mess with you for a while. I would. Got no grounds to arrest me? Fuck it. I'm the Prince of Persia. So you claim you're Sigmund... Why are you claiming you're Sigmund Freud? And he goes, why are you claiming yeah. I'm not? You asked my name and I told you, right? Like, that's his attitude. I haven't lied to you. You're yeah, accusing okay. me of lying to you? Tell me about your mother. Would you like a sofa to lie down on? <laughs> I love... I just, just bring this man a sofa. You don't work here. Bring him a sofa. Do not refuse. It'd be even funnier if a sofa, if like Billy the Kid were right there and just yeah. appeared with a sofa and they were like, where the, where Ask did you us. even get this? <laughs> Billy the Kid can get things. But I also prefer weird comedy. So maybe we are both that's very weird. Me. We do both like weird comedy, which is strange, but yeah, how it goes. We got more history presentations, uh, this time by that, uh, the, the ever eloquent, this guy. Oh God, that guy. I've noted his entire presentation. I'd really if you rather want. not. It's it's not. I, I. Everything is different, but the same. Things are more modern er than before. Bigger, and yet smaller. It's, it's computers. Send him his high school football rules. the The crowd is the crowd is happy with this. It it just amuses me, frankly, because it's just, he's so stereotypical fucking football shenanigan bollocks. Football shenanigan bollocks. No. Also, also, uh, yes, football, yeah, shenanigan, football shenanigan, bollocks. shenanigan bollocks. Also a shirt. 
I think you'll find. <sighs> yeah, that one I will add. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. That is uh, depressingly familiar. And the the history teacher visibly agrees. Yeah. So as Ted, Bill, Missy, I mean Bill's mom, and Napoleon arrive, Missy's job is to guard Napoleon. Bill's mom. Bill's mom. Bill's Sorry, mom. yeah. Well, anyway, her, her job is to guard Napoleon. Guess what I thought the first time I saw this was about to happen. Movie. He was going to hit on the mom? Oh, I thought they were going to fuck right there. No question. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that was that was good. Game. When finally the when finally imprisoned on Saint Helena, Napoleon spent his time doing stuff like learning how to read English, reading books, and fucking the British commander's wife. Ah, well, you know, so, <laughs> it's, this is sort of his mo in history, right? Just a little bit. Someone would try <laughs> to do something to him; he'd fuck their wife and then kill them. Right? Like that was the whole thing that he would do. He was a brutal motherfucker. So that's the ultimate insult. You in, you wronged me, I will fuck your wife. Oh, like you captured me, but fuck you still. Yeah. <laughs> you captured me, but I'm not going to let you win. <laughs> yeah. No. Why did I win? I mean, I will still have the last laugh. He was a fantastic man. So he super was. So talking to Ted's dad isn't going to help here, I guess, because he no. just wants Ted to go home and pack for Alaska. So, uh, Mufi, they could take his keys, though. They could take his keys, but didn't he lose those keys earlier in the movie? Yeah, two days ago. If only they had some sort of a, some sort of a time machine. Oh, to steal them they, back. Oh, no, yeah, I suppose, and then hide them somewhere sensible that they could then replace. So, so they could get to find them. So, when earlier in this review, I, I talked about like actually, these guys are quite smart. Their solution yeah. is let's wait until like after the presentation, then go back in the time machine, steal the keys and put them where we can find them. Well, where will we put yeah. them? How about right here? Oh, hey, check it out. There's the keys. Yeah. Okay. I have to remember to go to steal the keys. Oh, I guess I did yeah. steal my dad's keys. It's just how did they wrap things up in a time travel movie? I have would love to tell you but like this is brilliant this is it's just beautiful. unbelievably smart writing i love this so much it's very well done and the fact that they both say it in such a stoner surfer way it's like yeah that'd work and then oh look there it is it's just beautiful the, their confidence is quite something i do have to say it's they are just a great pair of characters and they're played so well by those boys like they're played so, so Oh, I well. agree. I love them. So time to free some fugitives. Yep. And how are they going to sneak in, though? And like, I don't know. But, Mufi, don't you hate it when an otherwise non-stealth game forces you to have a stealth section? Yes. This feels like so, that. So, much. Yep. Like this part here where there's just, like, there's a dude walking past them who, like, he can see them. There's no way he can't yeah. see them. But he just walks he past. He that. Oh, yeah. And then they're just at someone's desk where they read facts that they sent to themselves. Uh, the last line of which is duck. And they duck. And they duck. <laughs> which I, I guess that. means that they had to replay this section a couple of times. Yeah, I think that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Is that they failed a couple of times, got caught, and they had to go back. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> they're just... 
So jailbreak time, everybody out the window. The one with the iron bars on it. You know the one. Yeah, that one that somehow the iron bars disappear off of. Yeah. But Ted, quickly, remember a trash can that appears over your dad's head somehow? Magically. That's not explained and it confuses me. With the words Wild Stallion, the name of their band, written on it. Yep. Because then then nobody would know who dropped that. And sorry, Dad, here's your keys. So back to the auditorium, where the last presentation has just happened and Bill and Ted are late and have failed their class. The next day, Bill goes to military school and the future never happens. Yep. That's it. The end. We're done. I mean, wait, look, it's a full-on <laughs> rock show lighting display complete with choreography. I guess uh, I you, mm, they might have gone back to this section a few times to rehearse. Yeah, they had to go back to this section a few times to rehearse. <laughs> no, no way. Right? Uh, that's how I'm reading it. They can just go back in time, rehearse, and go, ah, that sucked. Let's keep doing it until we get an A+. Except time runs normally, so they couldn't have. I don't know, time travel. How does even time travel? <laughs> Oh, clearly the, all they had to do was uh, use some modern technology. Yeah, I guess I just trying to work out a way in my head that it would be able for them to repeat the process. Modern technology. Just, go just modern technology. technology. You're, yeah. you're missing the point, Mufi. Modern technology can do anything, including the yeah. things it can't do, including the things that are contrary to the things that it could do before. Oh, God, that made my head hurt. That's a poster now. Modern technology. It can do anything, especially the things it can't. Oh, God. <laughs> so for our first act, Billy the Kid will discharge a firearm in an auditorium full of teens, breaking a $1,000 parkan in, in the process, and uh, injuring several people as hot glass rains down on the audience. But, yeah, that... Yeah, no one seems to be overly bothered by that, and it concerns me that nobody's actually bothered enough by it. Didn't you realize that 80s teens were fireproof? Are they? Okay. That's what they've established here, I guess. Oh, I didn't realize they were fireproof, but if they are, I will trust your judgment. Don't. I'm lying. I was looking oh. for a joke, Mufi. <laughs> Under no circumstances. Why are you lying to me about Under this? Under no circumstances should you say thing should you take what I say at face value. <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought I this point, like, it wouldn't surprise me if modern technology had made these teens fireproof. Modern technology has also caused them to clap rhythmically, because if there's one yes. thing that 80s American teens like, it's clapping. It's clapping. Yep. It's clapping. They like clapping. Uh -huh. Everyone likes clapping. Everybody likes the clap. Bill no. and Ted. Let's not go down <laughs> that road. Bill. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Put on an amazing show. They do. Uh, here's their review of time periods. Uh, ancient Athens had many steps and columns. It was most tranquil. Yeah, yeah that actually, it does sound pretty tranquil. Apart from the fact, I hate stairs, but oh well. Uh, Socrates, a most bodacious man in ancient Greece. He likes uh, baseball. Yes, which I don't blame him for. Like, baseball's pretty when cool. Did, and billiards. When did he watch baseball? They had like an hour at a mall. I wonder if they found them on a... Or if he found a TV and was watching it in front of one of those electronic stores. Eh, maybe it happened you know? behind the scenes somewhere. Maybe there was a whole maybe. scene where he's like, okay, now do your homework. This was called baseball. <laughs> it's an important thing that Americans do. We all watch baseball. 
Everyone in America yeah. plays baseball, and if you don't, you're not allowed to be an American. That's the law. Sorry, that's how things work. We take away your AmeriCard. The AmeriCard? No. Sigmund Freud starts publicly psychoanalyzing Ted on stage. Which is quite funny. And then, uh... Bill doesn't offers... need it. No, Bill doesn't need it. He knows what's up. He's already... He's got an Oedipal complex already. He knows this. To which, uh, that fantastic shot to the stepmother, who's like, oh. Oh. Well, that's uncomfortable. Well, she's, like, two years older than him. Yeah, but, like, oh, I mean, that her look old. is, that's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. She she appears to think, oh, jeez, all right. Yep. This is gonna be weird. She should have understood. It was never gonna be... It was like, never not gonna be weird, Mufi. No, there was never a point it was not gonna be weird. And anyway, Oedipus didn't know he was sleeping with his mother and went mad and killed himself afterwards. Yeah, that's right. This guy would know he's sleeping with someone who's not his mother. Yeah. Like, he, the, the whole Oedipus complex thing is a bit of a weird name for it, because I wouldn't really... It's not that he wants to sleep, wanted to sleep with his mother, he just did, and then went mad. <laughs> Classic history. It's not what we're here for. It's not what we're here for. We're here for Kung Fu with Genghis Khan, who knows Kung Fu for some reason, or at least knows yeah. how to spin around this uh, staff with a blade on the front of it, I guess. I think it's just type of halberd, isn't it? I guess uh, it's it's made of like some kind of tinfoil. This one is. Oh yeah, that one's not sturdy enough to do any damage. It's not really a weapon of any description. No, it's just a. a it's essentially a roll of tinfoil. Jeanne d'Arc, uh, seen here not understanding how swords work. Yep, that was. Um... She uses it yeah. like a bat. Was it last week we were talking about? Oh, yeah. I've got a constant thing against <laughs> bad swordsmanship in movies. And it's getting better over and the years because people oh, understand yeah, but... what fighting looks like, kind of. But oh, boy. So, uh, hmm, so Napoleon here. Uh, do you know what he says in French? No. Okay. I what, don't really understand French. What he, the words that he says in French, Je vais pousser un terrible triomphe en russe. Avec mes water slides. That I got. Which, uh, <laughs> okay. Slides. I think what he means is, je vais gagner une victoire terrible contre la Russie avec mes water slides. Which would mean, I will win a great victory against Russia with my water slides. Given that he's pointing at a map of Russia with some red marks on it, which, uh, if that's the length of it, that's like a 2,000 kilometer long water slide yeah bad. so what he actually says is i will push a terrible triumph into redhead with my water slide because <laughs> une russe is a redhead like a, a red-haired woman a russe yeah. is, it's it's subtle i grant you a russe is a russian woman yeah Russie is the country. Anyway, French lessons aside, but yeah, what he actually says yep. is, "I am going to push a terrible triumph into Redhead with my water slides." <laughs> oh boy! Oh, Nobody in production spoke French, eh? Apparently not, which I find hard to believe. Or they did, and they were like, "Okay, that's funny. We're leaving it." <laughs> so, 
There's also that. Oh, boy. That, I believe. Beethoven, seen here supposedly playing keyboards while generic guitar music plays. Yeah, because, of course. Bless him, he's deaf. Maybe they just didn't turn him on. Maybe. Maybe they didn't. Uh, they just let him think he was playing. That leads us that to the nice. last speaker of the presentation, Abraham Lincoln. Gotta gotta play to the local crowd, I guess. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, full score in seven minutes ago. Yeah, 87 minutes ago. <laughs> just, why? They, our, well, it's a reference to his other speech. The one what, uh... Full score. Oh, yeah, no, I know. But Oh, yeah, so, like, 87 minutes ago, uh, those guys there, the forefathers of these other people, were brought on a most excellent adventure, conceived by their new friends, Bill and Ted. These yeah, two because, you know. gentlemen are dedicated to a proposition which was true in Abe's time, just as is true today. Be excellent to each other. And... And I just... Party on, dudes. Just you don't want to say it. We, should, be we should say it together. And party on, party dudes. Party on, dudes. That almost worked, right? There's a stream delay. I keep oh, forgetting. Yes. They just a slight stream. All delay. time travel away to the surprise of the assembled crowd. But uh, they manage to place it in such a way that. The smoke that is going off on the stage makes it look like they've just peeled it backwards, and it's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <sighs> Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. What, what curtain? What man? So, I guess this is the epilogue now, and it has been an excellent adventure, so we join Bill and Ted back where it all began, in the garage, playing music and making a video. But, you know, just, maybe they should learn to play now. Yeah. Maybe they should, and I feel that that's a very important thing if you wish to be a band. Yeah, normally you want to be able to play your instruments if you want to play your instruments for, for money. Yeah. That's how it works. Then Rufus shows up. Isn't it? You remember Rufus. I love Rufus. George Carlin. Fantastic man. Yep, and he has brought the princesses here with him. Who are pretty chill about the whole being brought to a different time period and given different dresses and all this sort of shit. Oh yeah, they went to the mall, right? Which, yeah. and then the second one says, yes, and they showed us the the wonderful world of credit cards. Yeah. Like, they tried their accent so hard, but that was the best take they and got, failed. eh? Yeah, that has to have been the best. It, it's so bad. It's hard for Rhotic speakers to do non-Rhotic accents. I totally get that. But man, like, it's one line, guys. You couldn't have done... You know, spend a bit more, yeah. spend a bit more film. It's okay. Try, try a little bit harder, guys, please. Yeah. Just a little bit. I guess a lot of people just don't hear the difference, which is weird to me. I I mean, I hear it very pain, painfully, but then again, Nasus. Oh, yeah, they're affecting English. your accent. Yeah, and I hate it when people butcher my accent. Uh. She says, going, very Middle English. Yeah, very Middle English, like Shakespeare. Middle English. No, like. Uh, proper English. Yeah, like estuary English. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. proper English, unlike all those other Englishes, which are not English at all, right? That's what you're saying? No. No. <laughs> Just being posh, darling. Posh? Posh. Got it. Good. <laughs> I was waiting for a punchline if you had one, but that's okay. We don't have to punch There that. is not a punchline. I'm just being a twat. <laughs> uh, 
straight back into Surf London years. <laughs> and we're at the end of the epilogue where, you know, the these two medieval princesses have been acquired for the guys and they're also part of the band, I guess. Uh also Because that's also yeah, turns out that the band is the thing that uh saves the universe, or at least that one society in twenty six eighty eight and uh well, uh, see, eventually their music will put an end to war and poverty. It will align the planets and bring the universe into harmony somehow, because they get, I guess That's... the position of the planets can do that. Yep. And this is going to allow all beings to communicate with one another. Though, frankly, that because sounds a lot like the internet, works. and we've all seen how that's working out. Yeah, that ends well. Uh, also, he well. has some new guitars for them. That's kind of cool. That's great. They like, they are cool guitars are. as well. Like they're not they are they are pretty damn cool headless guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. There's a there's a couple of brands of guitar who do that headstockless style where the tuning mm. is at the bridge. Frequently excellent instruments. Yeah. They do look pretty. Yeah. Also, yeah, they look I mean good. they look cool. So I don't play guitar. Rufus so. uh decides that he would like to jam with them and also get a signature on his copy of their album for his kids, because they're big fans. Because everyone in his society oh, yeah. are big fans. And of course everyone in society is big fans. They're the ones who saved the world. Nobody is permitted to have additional music tastes. Nope. That's that's the only one that you're allowed to have. No, you're allowed one. That's it. So he decides Still. to shred like a crazy man on the guitar? Yep. Yeah, and... Which is impressive. Like, I know it's not George Carlin, but like, I would have loved that to be in George Carlin. Yeah, he he doesn't actually play the guitar, but the person playing, I, I forget his name, I looked up the soundtrack, but uh, yeah, they're legitimately excellent. Really, really very good. Oh yeah, they are most excellent. And so has been this most excellent of adventures, Mufi. Oh, it's, what do you think though? Like, this was so dumb. Admit. This was so dumb. I know. <laughs> Mufi. I was about to say, I, I was getting texts from you. When you were watching this for the first time, just going, this is so dumb. Oh, God, I'm pretty sure it was it was the mall scene where they're like, okay, guys, Sears is over here. And I just went, no, I'm out. I'm out. Got No. <laughs> ah. But, you know, look, it's it's funny. It's clever. It's it's silly. I love it. It's so good. It's. I enjoyed my time with this movie. Both times I watched it yeah. were really fun. Uh, the problem I always have with comedy movies is I don't know how to make jokes that are funnier than theirs, but I hope I've made yeah, that like, is the problem. good observations about stuff. Uh, I guess I'm annoyed when I when people make fun of the French for being French, but I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to the new one now because I guess there's a new one coming out this year. There's also Bogus Adventure, which is coming. Which is oh, there's another one again. This one, yeah. There's, there's the one, the sequel to this directly, and then the next one. Did you just hear Alexa in the background? No. I'm glad. Me too. Because she, for some reason, decided to listen. Oh. Um. <laughs> Wait, are we on speakers? No. Alexa, she just... turn on the lights. I don't have that on my oh. Alexa. Alexa, I, I f- belay that order. <laughs> I can make it sound like a Stargate, though. Really? Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a Stargate one and a Star Trek Enterprise engine room, which is very cool. That's a pretty good. I'm so, a sad human being. What was I saying? That was a good movie. I was. Yeah. 
It was all right. I, I was pretty happy with that. I'm calling that like I enjoyed it, but uh, I had some problems just based on, you know, you make fun of my culture. I'm going to be like, ah, all right. Oh, yeah. That's no. a, like, I don't like being the guy being made fun of. No, nobody likes being the guy being made fun of at all. And I entirely get that. It's. I guess that's why I like absurdist comedy, because clearly, no, you know, if you're making fun of a guy for having laser eyes, the guy, you can't make fun of a guy for a stupid reason. You know what I mean? No. Just if you're going to make fun of someone, do make fun of them for something that's not serious. I guess that's what right. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's yeah. why a lot of American comedy in particular, I find a bit troubling like everyone says, oh man, you really like the art, uh, not the archers, sorry, uh, Archer, the the yeah. comedy TV show. And I hate I it because it feels archers, mean. The... It feels like the the joke is that, oh, hey, this guy's awful. And all he did is try to help. Yeah. I go, why? It's so mean. I don't like mean comedy. This isn't mean. I like the fact that this is kind hearted, even if the depictions are weird. I like the fact that... Uh, there are so many cool figures in here, though. I, I hope, I hope the people who see this also look up people like Genghis Khan and go like, "Oh, that guy was not exactly as portrayed there." That's interesting. No, but, but it's I, it's definitely different. <laughs> I don't know how many people do though. Probably not many. Yeah. Like it's it's a problem. People just accept what they're given in TV shows now and movies and all this sort of stuff and don't go and do any research. I mean, maybe less now, but this was the 80s. Mm. Even less. Yeah, there's very unlikely to do any of that. This feels like a weirdly serious episode, all told. It's It's gone very, very serious very quickly. <laughs> Should we ask again? I don't know. I'm super tired, though, and I'm going through a tunnel, maybe, and you and I'm losing reception, probably. Possible. Is that how we're going to frame the end of this one? <laughs> no, we could frame it that way. We could frame Except it. Except I think we won't. Thank you for listening to One for Paul. If you have suggestions for future One for Pauls, uh, st- ask me if I've seen your favorite movie on Twitter at One for Paul. And uh, maybe I haven't, and I'll add it to the list. There's a long list. And if you'd like to help support the show, come join us on patreon.com slash one for Paul. It can at least buy us a cup of tea or coffee. That would be really nice of you. Thank you. It's very sweet. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you again for listening to One for Paul. You can find us on social media and keep up to date on what we are doing behind the scenes. We're on Facebook and Twitter at One for Paul. You wronged me. I will fuck your wife. That's facts and stuff.